why not uh, firearms safety? And just firearms training is, is key. You know, guns are an excellent tool. If you are required to fill out that 10-day form of your background check, background you should also be required to attend a class of a course so you can obtain that firearm and take that firearm home. But we're going to follow these rules. My shout out to you this week is to Jason. My yeah. shout outs to Adam. Like I said to Jason, I used to kind of hear this story. It's kind of awkward. Adam has a beard. It's sponsored by Trail Boards and BohoSoul.com. I'm all about it, bro. Yeah, we all know it's not, right? No, we, we all want it. We all want change. We've been reacting rather than responding. You can say this, you can't say that. You can do this. Whoa, you better slow down. We're not going to stand for this. It's a frustrating, endless circle. Because you hold a lot of fear around speaking our truth. Everybody, everybody should know that they can find the refined man at therefinedman.club or on Instagram at therefinedmanbarbershop. Never get it wrong, man. Never get it wrong. This is the law that you chose to uphold. Um, I really want to. I really want to talk about that. Yes, that guy's, you know, yeah. James Nasworth. Cool. All right, we're recording. We'll be on a podcast tonight, and his response was, "Oh fuck, did you trick them? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do they know you?" <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, they do. Yes, they do. Because yeah, I was so stoked, dude. Dude, uh, are, are we? Are we live? We're recording, but it's doing that thing again. I don't know what to do. Oh, good. Well, then I will talk about uh, while we're recording. Yeah. Uh, this uh, this episode is brought to you by a refined man barbershop where you can get a nice, sweet, nice, sweet uh, straight razor shave, killer haircut. You get uh, waterboarded with that hot towel treatment, a little boil, a little beard oil. Get treated like a like a king for 25, 30 minutes by Miss Shauna Charbonneau, Miss Debbie, and Mr. Tyler. Mm. Hey, what are we mm. calling this? We're calling this Conversations with Jeffrey. Jeffrey. I like yeah. hot dog water already. You know hot what? Water. You hot title this, water. I like Fucking hot dog water. I really want some hot dog water now. Now I want, <laughs> I want some hot dog water on my starfish. Wait, okay, so hey. <laughs> hold up, hold up, hold up. Oh. Limp so, Biscuit here. Yeah. <laughs> this is also brought to you by the Treo Skate Shop, uh, skateboard shop, where uh, Miss Lola Treo takes care of all the neighborhood kids with uh, their fantastic skateboards, hats, wheels, trucks, uh, tape, uh, all your skateboarding needs, uh, all in one shop. And right next door is, uh, is the Boho Soul. Boho Soul. You get your little uh, your essential oils, your crystals, your candles. Your boho box coming soon will be a Jason Jason Soul box and an Adam Soul box come to you very quickly very soon. Uh, also, want to give a uh, special mention to one of the uh, top shelf businesses, uh, Auto Detailing, and also my dude Jason Sebastian, who owns uh, a Perfect Touch. Uh, get you some, call him up. Today, I'm joined by my brothers. Today is going to be a, a podcast of, uh, it's going to be a flurry, a bukkake of conversation, if you will. My boy, my producer, Jason, and my dude, soon, if he gets his goddamn drums from Montana, my drummer. This weekend. My, oh, he's my a boy. drummer. You didn't tell uh, me. Yeah. Dude, surprise. Surprise. My boy, Jeffrey. 
Jeffrey, I love you, buddy. And I'm so thankful that you're here, dude. You know what? We're going to sit here. We're going to talk shit. We're going to, you know what? We're going to go balls deep in ideas, theories, mathematical equations, racial injustice, whatever you want to talk about, dude. Let's, but the code word is muskrat. You obviously haven't seen Tim and Eric awesome show because the code word or safe word is always pineapple. Always pineapple. Oh. Pineapple, 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 pineapple. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Sean. Oh. I got myself a pink drink. It's Ooh. Got pink and drink in it. Well, hey. you know. Hey, you know, it is what it is. Hey, I want to tell you guys something. I almost got fucking killed last night. It was fucking fantastic. Like literally, like killed. Lady wanted to wanted to take me out. And so I had to stop her with my truck because we're we had when we have boots on the ground, uh literally mm-hmm. guys out of their vehicles, they're uh they're out doing shit. So last night we're taking up sections of the road where we have to, you know, fill in potholes and they're entirely too big or they're too dangerous. You you hit them and you destroy your vehicle basically. So mm-hmm. we had we're cutting them out with machines and everything, and all of a sudden this lady wants to get around me and I'm in one of the trucks where I have to stop traffic. And I got the scorpion tail in it. My boy, my boy George was in the other one, and people started getting froggy, started trying to dodge, try to dro- dodge our trucks. So one lady jumped out, dude. She uh, jumped out, wanted to go and hit the gas and go, and I, boom, I slammed that son of a bitch to the left, turned that, that tail out there, and uh, she stops, slams on her brakes, and she gets out. She wants, to get, she wants to get rowdy. She wants a piece. She wants a piece of me. And I'm like, well... I'm a gentleman, and I'm like, you know, ma'am, you got you can't, you can't, you can't do this. Boom, it launches a rock at me. Mm. Launches a fucking, what are we, back in the Stone Ages? Seriously? Throwing rocks? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not on the playground, bro. <laughs> Good grief. Uh, well, at least it ain't like Montana. Usually they'd uh, take a rock and hide it in a snowball. Well, at least it'd be lucky if you hit it in a snowball. Right, or pick up the ice. Ooh. We used to Ooh, leave yeah. them out overnight so they'd turn into ice. Mm. Yep. Mm. I used to fill mine with piss. Ooh. Oh, yes. That's, <laughs> that's why I keep coming by your house when it snows. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Get some uh, lemonade. <laughs> so, that's why I'm, so, so that's why I keep seeing the name ADA. You've just run out of piss too soon. <laughs> <laughs> I, I poop on the rest sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, who the hell is, you know? <laughs> dude, one of the funniest videos I've seen, dude, uh, back in the day, Debbie said, she posted up, and all of a sudden, she's like, you guys are on the back porch or whatever, it was like a lot of snow. She goes, hey, uh, what did she say? Something, hey, Jeffrey, silly salmon. <laughs> 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 Boop, right off into the, into the yard. Nuts deep, dude. I was like, yeah, I like that guy. I want to be friends with him. <laughs> Dude, so there was one year, uh, I think it was 98, uh, we had a snowstorm roll through eastern Montana. Now, when people think of Montana, they think of mountains and beautiful lakes and glory. And I don't live there when I'm a kid. I live in the, like, ugly twin part where it is flat and dull. Like, we fight over the tree. (laughs) (laughs) Who's going to piss on that tree? (laughs) You know, and the tree's dead. Nobody cares. But... But anyways, normally we get like maybe 12 inches of snowfall throughout an entire winter. It's, you know, pretty arid out there. We got 36 inches of snow in less than 24 hours. So three years worth of snow in a day. Well, we had this, 
our basement was kind of cut into a hill. So the snow drifted over and created this 10 foot deep snow drift. So logically, what do you do as a 12 year old kid? You crawl up on the roof and jump into that thing. Mm-hmm. It was worth it. It was so oh. much fun. God damn, you do a lot of crazy shit when you're a young kid, huh? Um, let's see. Uh, to to go quickly, uh, there were motorcycle accidents. There were. Uh, I used to run a Honda Odyssey around. I've flipped that thing more times than I can count. Um, wakeboarding, uh, kneeboarding. Um, of course. And then uh, uh, when I got into my teens, I used to chase tornadoes. Oh hell and, yeah! Uh, and uh, even when I worked for the USDA, I got trained to be a NOAA weather spotter. So uh, when storms would come up, you know, be able to let, you know, the authorities know where a storm was tracking. So that How way much they training could... does it take to look up at the sky? Um, Seven. Well, yes. Uh, it takes it takes a couple hours just to <laughs> basically be like, right. yeah, uh, hey y'all, there's a there's a tornado over by the highway. <laughs> <laughs> um, my mother, she told me there's a storm coming. Look up, look left, look right. Training's over. Go. <laughs> Pretty much. But the funny thing is, is is that you know you you start to wonder how many people actually took that training you know somewhat seriously because. Right. You know, they'll be like, oh, well, there's a tornado on the ground. I'm like, uh-huh. Yeah. And which way is it going? Left. Where are we facing? <laughs> that way. Oh, God dang it. Right. I mean, legitimately, there were people I worked with. I'm like, okay, so what direction on the map are we? Uh, is this up? Guys. <laughs> oh. Are you holding the book the right way? Right. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right. Uh huh. Uh huh. So, so you know, the just knowing cardinal directions is surprisingly a lost art. <laughs> oh, hundred mm-hmm. percent. I have an app for um, that. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. there's yeah yeah right. They have an app for just about anything anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, won't well, wait until your your B day has an app. Mm-hmm. Be like, all right, I don't have to reach over and touch the side. I can just keep mm-hmm. scrolling while I mm-hmm. get that tickle. Get that mm-hmm. spray. Get that spray nice and deep. Like, oh, yeah, deep. Oh. <laughs> yes. Surprisingly underrated, really, though, mm-hmm. when you think about it. Mm-hmm. The bidet. Because mm-hmm. the first time you're like, oh, hi. Well, what was that? Right. And I still like that. Like, <laughs> well, when you use the cat's tongue, Adam. Right. Well, by cat, you mean Carol Baskins. I have a couple Asian girls that spit. No, <laughs> you know, I think a a garden hose bidet is a fantastic thing to go. You know, that's, that's what all I got. we had growing up. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Did, you, did you see the guy who was, you know, uh, when they were doing all the Amazon stuff and everything was running out, toilet paper and bidets? There was a guy who went to like his Ace Hardware and uh, got himself like the dishwasher rinser attachment and put it on his toilet. <laughs> like, look, it's a do-it-yourself bidet. And I'm like, man, the day you need a power hose, like that's the point where you just get straight off the toilet and into the shower because oh, there are just man. some things you are not going to be able to spray off. Oh, no. Well, that I'm is at... something that fat guys have to think about a lot. <laughs> I have a, a big friend, and he's he's like, I don't know. I don't know how to completely wipe down there. And he said, my friend just uses a toilet brush. And I was like, that's crazy. <laughs> you know? 
I was like, where does he leave it when he's done? You know, <laughs> you know I'm gonna, I'll be right back. I'm going to try this toilet brush idea. <laughs> right? It feels good, Jeez. I got to say. Man, that's a <laughs> you got anything that comes in like a medium bristle? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. You got to get that camel hair brush, bro. That's yeah, what I'm talking about. There you go. Grab, uh, the, grab the loofah and get like the hard sponge one. Be like, no, no, no. We need to go soft. For this Why is it shaped like a cone? <laughs> oh, you know, it's funny. Like I'm, I, I bought some stock and one of the stocks is called Plug. And it's like renewable batteries, uh, environmentally friendly. But all the time it comes up on my thing. It says Plug Up. Or plug down, and I'm like, seriously, you know, what, how should I take that? You know, <laughs> you well, take it how you can get it. <laughs> All I see is plug up, and I'm like, you got it. Yeah, right. done. I am plugged right. up. That's what the fiber's for, you know. Yeah. Yes, yes. Get that Keeps regular. <laughs> they call um, me unfaithful. Oh, ooh, do they? Brown faithful. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least I'm. At least it's like you know. Every time you get that sip of coffee, you're like, "All oh, right, I just sat down and oh, summed it up." <laughs> <laughs> I do that too. No shit. Oh, uh, not me. I hold on for a little bit. I'm like, "Yep, I'm gonna ride this wave. Oh, no. I'm gonna ride this wave." Oop, nope, I gotta go. <laughs> Adam waits till he gets to work, and then he's like, "All right, I got to work. I gotta go." <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, got an hour know, to kill. <laughs> I mean, yeah. boss makes a dollar and I make a dime, and that's why I poop on company time. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Shit. And there's the there's the episode title right there. You know what I mean? <laughs> there you go. Hell yes. I bet you we come up with ten more though. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Oh, you, you're gonna yeah. This is gonna be like an entire series of it's like okay, so next we're gonna have to. But uh, no, I had a coworker who had a crazy boss who would legitimately time people. Wow. How long they would go to the bathroom. And I'm sitting here going, where did you work? The state. I'm like, government efficiency at its finest. Oh, we can't, we can't get anything or, you know, we can't let one person not get anything done because they're on the can. We got to let two people not get anything done. So Mm. someone else can time them on the can. That was my thought. He's wasting Mm. time too, right? Right. Mm. Uh, you know, I mean, I worked for the feds for a few years, and the running joke for us on the inside was never let a one, never let one person do a one man job when you can let three people do a one man job. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I, it, it was, at times, it was way too honest. It was either you had way too many people or no people, and, and mm. they're just like, "Well, I don't know what we're gonna do." And it's like, find someone. Well, I mean, yeah. One person follow another person. Something do something weird. That's what we like to do. Yeah, I think the funniest thing about all of the you know kind of going back with the training stuff is, so you know, grew up on a farm in eastern Montana. You know, you know, take ag classes. I know how to work on engines. I know how to weld a little bit. I know how to do electrical and plumbing a bit. My dad was a contractor, so I know how to run heavy equipment and do sewer and water. I've done all of these things, and then. When I get into the USDA, you know, you have to do some certification type stuff in order to, you know, say, yes, we're going to let him handle this stuff. Yep. Yep. I, I built a couple of specialized pieces of equipment um, welding them because we, we, what I did was I worked on biological uh, experiments regarding 
uh, noxious weeds. So we used insects to take care of the problem instead of a bunch of chemicals because oh, nice. sometimes yeah. nature is far more effective. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we had these, you know, they had these bug sorters that were basically just two tomato cages, you know, turned upside down on each other and glued together. And, and that's how, you know, you'd put this plastic down in there to drop all these bugs in from your net. Well, after about a season, those things are trash and you'd have to build another one. And so I, they were like, well, we would build something a little bit more heavy duty, but, but what? I don't know how to weld. I know how to weld. Hell yeah. So, so I go and take the training and in the, in this training, they're like, and just remember when you're welding, never take the end of the electrode and stick it on your tongue. And I'm going, (laughs) that is oddly specific. Right? Some moron did this. (laughs) Yeah. Somebody was raised with batteries, putting those batteries on your mouth to see if Ooh. it's good, you know? Oh, mm-hmm. look, batteries are nothing, but like, right. like, damn, oh, who's yeah. like, you know what I need? 240 uh, volts straight to the tongue piece. <laughs> right to the taint piece. What happened there? Hey, hot oh. shots, man. Tell you right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I forgot to mention to you, Jason, that uh, Jeffrey is kind of by a, uh, smart what do you how would you how would you uh say that in a professional grade a uh what smart genius. ass a genius oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh smart mouth oh mm. uh close no. uh Warmer. so road scholar mm, not a road mm. scholar a little, uh, somewhere above a, that maybe a scholar that's been road yes I, yes mm, yeah nice and um so I have a master's of science from uh, the UW in information management, where I studied a lot of data analytics, business intelligence, and risk management. Nice. Basically, all of these operational pieces to understand why a business is or isn't doing well, how they can do better. But a lot of that is being a numbers person. And when I was younger, I was really good at math. I got a few awards from participating in uh, math contests. Um, got to be my, my, believe it or not, my mom's math teacher and tutor for a little bit um, when she went back to school. That's cool. Um, after beating cancer. So Hell yeah. Congratulations, oh, mom. mom. Shout out, yeah. mom. Shout out to yeah. mom. It's uh, 20, 20 years this year. She's Hell been yeah. cancer free. That's cool. So, yep. so it can be done. Mm-hmm. Strongest, strongest woman I've ever met, and, and and she's the only woman I know that can beat cancer and backhand me straight out of a folding chair like it's a WWE match. Atta girl, Atta love mom. you, mom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my mom's a fantastic woman. She she, you know, she really is. I would say probably the strongest person in my life I've ever known. Um, simply mm-hmm. just why all that she's had to take on. I mean, being a single mother with two kids at, at a time going through a rough divorce and mm. and decided to quit smoking on top of that was a couple of weeks. Wow. Yep. But but you know, she she went through hell and back for us kids. And there is, you know, when they tell you that a mother's love can be unconditional, there's no question about it. Yes, through man. my best and through my worst, you know. She's been one of the strongest people I know. And funny enough, I probably talk to her, you know, three, four times a week, usually. Mm. She's fantastic. Um, but getting through all of that stuff, 
getting through all of that heavy stuff and, and being as strong as you can be, you know, it's kind of becomes an inspiration as to, you know, what can I do? Well, it turns mm. out that I had brains and, and, and when my mom got back into college, you know, she went through high school at a time where, you know, women didn't need to know math because you were just, you know, you, you don't, you don't need to understand how to count numbers. There's a clock on right. the stove. Right. And Ouch. so, and so when it came back to her doing math, it was very hard and very traumatic for her because a lot of that is her having to relive that stuff. Well, you know, when she put her mind to it, she, she was getting it and she was understanding it. And then, you know, luckily for her, she had, you know, me who had, you know, more than gone past the stuff that she was covering. So I was happy to tutor her. And of course she ended up bragging me up to her professor and then her professor had me come in. We did a bunch of stuff. And then at 16 years old, he had me teaching her college algebra class. Oh, wow. hell yeah. How cool is hell that? That's badass. So, you know, it was one of those things like I saw, I saw kids that were fresh out of high school and I saw adults that were there to try and, you know, try and, you know, change their life and do something different. My mom was there doing the same thing. She had been a seamstress up until that point and decided that she was going to go into computers. And now she works for a telecom company where she basically handles all of their mail servers and their program. No, 40 no. years old. Went from went from I know how to turn the computer on and off to she does servers something I don't do yeah um, so the fact of the matter is is that you know when you have that strength you can get through anything and you can teach yourself so much and learn so much if you're just willing yeah hundred percent that's a, that's that's half the battle man it's like what do you want to do do you want to actually do this do you want to let somebody do it for you you know and I mean, that's the will. And, and that's the thing is, you know, at 40, you know, she didn't have a thing to show for herself other than, you know, she had three kids that had managed to survive thus far. And mm. she, you know, had beaten cancer. And for what, you know, right? At, you know, at, you know, no retirement fund, barely getting by as it is. So what do you do next? Well, mm. you either keep struggling or you say, you know what, I'm done with this. I'm yeah. tired of, I'm tired of living on the razor's edge and she is, you know, become an inspiration in a lot of ways. It's like, you know, you can go through hell and it will get better, but it's, you gotta be in it for the long haul. You can't get over anything without going through it. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. And so, you know, that's what ended up happening for me is, you know, I went to school because, you know, I saw what that, I also saw what that did for my mom. I mean, my original plan was to go into the military, but, you know, I had the brains, but I couldn't pass the physical because of too many physical ailments. So it's like, bone well, spurs. I have bone spurs. Yeah, yeah, totally bone spurs, except they were in my lungs. Yeah. Oh, oh gotcha. <laughs> Asthma, Ooh. blind in my left eye. And on top of that, I had just blown out my knee and my ankle playing basketball. So, mm, oops. I, there, was, there was no way I was passing a physical. Damn. But, you know, it is what it is. That just meant it wasn't my track. Right. Mm -hmm. exactly. So then you got, in, so you got into numbers and everything. And, dude, mm -hmm. and I, I, dude, I, love, I love every time I talk to you, I learn so much. You give me this information, flood of information, and I'm just like, I'm reading it. And I'm like, fuck, dude, you just blow my mind. Like, uh, for instance, let's talk, let's talk COVID, dude. Let's talk COVID. Let's, let's talk COVID. COVID. 
So, you know, initially when we saw COVID, right. you know, we didn't know what we had, what we were working with. You know, for all we knew, it could have been weaponized. For all we knew, it could be as bad as the common cold, maybe a little worse. But from what we were hearing from China, what we could, what information we could get out of China, let's go that route. Um, it was, you know, it was grim. There were people dying really fast and in high numbers, but we just didn't know anything about it. So of course, when it finally lands here in, you know, Washington, the, when we finally understand that it's here, it, it takes out a good half of a nursing home just from the get. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, uh Oh, what has happened? Right. And then it just spread like wildfire. Yeah, totally. Now, one of the things that I told people is, is that in the early days we had very little testing. We didn't know what we had, what we were dealing with. We didn't know to the extent that we would be dealing with it. And we didn't know what this future would look like with this disease floating around. Right. A lot of, a lot of thought was, is that this was just going to be as bad as the common cold. Well, to give you some perspective, the common cold kills only about 115,000 people per year. Right. It did that in three months. Damn. Damn. And that's just that's just what we know and and there's been a lot of debate about there's there's been a couple of pieces of debate as to you know number one was it really covid and number two was it you know was it also cold and flu because we've got there are some issues right now with the way that the testing is conducted right now the testing is only about 70 percent accurate so that means 70 percent of the time that you test positive it's right Right. That also means that I think 70% of the time you test negative is right. That means that the other 30% of the time you could be positive, right. but it's telling you that you're negative. And right. on the other side of the equation too, that 30% of the time, it might be telling you that you're negative, but you're positive. So what you have to understand then is, is you know, what the role of probabilities are in that. So 70% of the time, it's going to say that you're, you're negative. So the reason that they do multiple testing is to find out, how many times that probability is going to pop up that you could test negative. So for example, if you know how probabilities work, what is the probability of two negative tests? So the probability, so like the probability of you having it, but testing negative is 30%. Yeah. Now, in order for that to happen again, you have to multiply that by another 30%. So that Damn. puts you down to 9%. So that means that there's a 9% probability that you would get two negatives. Multiply that again by a factor of, you know, by, by 30%. And you're down to like a less than 3% chance that if you had it and it showed up positive or showed up negative, that if you tested three times negative, there's a less than 3% chance that you're actually going to test positive. Right. At which, at which point they'll, they'll either make the decision that, hey, this looks like COVID despite what these are saying, or right. you don't have COVID. So out of, those hundred, out of those 115,000 deaths, what do you think of the probability of those actually being a COVID death as opposed to common cold or a, 
you know, like, like everybody's saying, there's always these underlying issues that could have, you know, asthma, mm-hmm. they could have had lung failure, something. Wait, what are we talking about? 115,000 people in the common cold or 138,000 yes. and the COVID? And there's 138,000 in COVID. Right. But annually, there's only about 115,000 deaths from gotcha. cold, from flu pneumonia. Right. So there's actually a really interesting data tracking piece out there called uh, from Tableau that is the it tracks the annual number of deaths. And so basically what it does is it maps out what the annual number of deaths look like. And there's one from the CDC as well. And so you can see, which is which as a data analyst, I find interesting. It's very cyclical, meaning that it repeats itself every year. And so guess what happens right around the first of the year? The number of deaths in the country spike, then it drops off and it drops off at the lower. Now, there's a bunch of theories that you could have about that. It could be that, you know, in the summer times, we're more active. When you're more active, you're healthier. When you're healthier, you're less likely to succumb to any number of diseases. Sure. During the winter time, you're less active. You tend to, you know, not do as many things as you normally do that would keep you healthy. It's just kind of, you know, what you would do habitually, you know, sure. the way that we survive winter months. Sure. And so yep. you could end up with a bunch of comorbidities during that time. There's also a few other things that go on in there. I mean, if anybody's had to deal with crazy family during the holidays, you kind of want to die, but. <laughs> Avoid or, uh, or, or, or if uh, someone finds out that they've been cheating right at Christmas, oof, bad day. Ooh. But when it comes to like flu pneumonia, they show the cyclical pattern of you see a lot come sure. in the middle of winter, you know, right at the beginning of official winter, but then it tapers off towards summer. Now, with the Tableau and the CDC data, what they have done is uh, they've created a metric uh, that basically shows the unexpected number of deaths above and beyond what, you're, what you would see normally. So they take all of this data in the previous four, uh, previous four years of data. Um, this is all stuff that gets reported by hospitals. Right. Having worked in the hospital system, I've seen what kind of data they have to report. And so fluid pneumonia gets reported. <clears throat> and so when you're asking yourself the question of what are the number of deaths above and beyond normal? Well, we can look and say based on a certain average, a rolling average, it's like, okay, we should be seeing about 115 to 120,000 deaths a year thanks to, thanks to the flu and pneumonia. Mm-hmm. In January of 2018, we actually had a spike in cases above, you know, deaths that were above normal. And if you go and look it up, there's actually some literature on how the the flu season for January, you know, from uh, 2018 to 2019, I believe it was, or, or 2017, 2018, one of the two, was actually a pretty bad flu year. Yeah, it was like a new flu, right? Like mm-hmm. people hadn't seen it, the vaccine didn't really cover it. Exactly. Right. And so you so you saw a you saw a little bit higher than average death count, you know, right. a deaths above and beyond what you would normally expect. And then you get to 2020's data and if you and if, you know, normal looks like this and January of 2018 kind of looked like this above normal, 2020 looked like this. Right. It went wow. sky high. Like, and that's one of those things where you have to look at it from a scientific perspective and say, this is an outlier. 
why is this an outlier? Yep. There has to be a cause. It may be a flu or pneumonial type death, but there is a cause that has pushed it to be flu or pneumonial. So when you start to look at the data, well, guess what's going around? COVID. Now there's been a bunch of questions uh, of whether or not that should be stated, uh, whether you should attribute it to COVID or whether or not you should attribute that to, oh, look who's here. Hello. Hey girl. This is, uh, this is the fantastic Debbie who works for. Refined Man Barbershop. Look at my wig. Look Love at she it. did my wig. Oh girl, get some. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to get Debbie to jump on uh, their laptop here and join in on the conversation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. So I love you. I love your wife, by the way, dude. Really, I love your wife. But I get it. Debbie, we're trying. We're trying to trace and find an invisible thing in our atmosphere. You know what I mean? It's not like visible it, rabbit. It, no. It's well, not like it's not like people were walking around going, "There's COVID. There's COVID." You know what I mean? Well, basically. Uh, so would you send that link to Debbie on, uh, so that way we can get them yeah, uh, I can. in and on? The link will come through Facebook, love. Um, so anyways, the other issue at hand, you know, so you look at this above and beyond and it's like, okay, what's, what's causing this to happen? Okay, well, even though the death is flu or pneumonal related, you know, because basically that's what it shows up as, that's what it looks like. Mm -hmm. the the issue is not whether or not it was flu or pneumonial death it was what is the overlying cause of it so like in those 115 120,000 right. deaths annual it's the flu or pneumonia period end of story but when you have something that's causing it that's what you have to attribute to it's kind of like the idea that basically nobody dies of the AIDS virus or HIV virus. It's right. all of the secondary infections that come after and kill you. And well, if, if we use that logic, then AIDS and HIV shouldn't be our worry. It's all of these secondary infections. Right. Well, that's not, that's, that's not the way that we treat this. AIDS and HIV cause all of these autoimmune disorders that make the body susceptible to right. all of these diseases. And so, HIV AIDS is your actual cause, what, what kills you, but like what ends up killing you in the end is all of these underlying infections. Same right. kind of holds true with things like, uh, let's say cancer, for example. You have a bunch of tumors that grow in and it starts to cause the body to deteriorate. Well, what ends up actually killing a person? Well, if we use that logic, cancer didn't kill my grandmother. Right. She had a heart attack. Yep. She died of old or, age. Or if we, you know, really look at it, her body was riddled with cancer tumors and causing organ failure. Right. So, I mean, the question is, is how much granularity do you want? Because while it's great to be granular and understand just how pinpoint it is, you know, this, the overlying cause is still what you're trying to battle. Because let's mm -hmm. face it, anybody could die of a heart attack, but if there's something yep. pushing you towards that heart attack... Just like anybody could die of the flu or pneumonia, but if there's something pushing you towards that, that's what you're trying to fight. Sure, there are people out there that probably would have died from the flu. Uh, there, there's, definitely, there's definitely that issue where, you know, there would be things that would push you towards that direction. Right. But just because you have those comorbidities, this is what they call them, that doesn't mean that you would have died this year. Maybe you were in the process of getting treatment for some of those co comorbidities. Like, 
there's been a, you know, there's been some great rural health pushes out there, you know, to help deal with depression and diabetes, for example. Um, hey, I got those. Yeah, I've only got one. Oh, darn. Oh, I'm, now I'm sad. <laughs> so do you think that if, if you like, you're, you, you go into the hospital, let's say, for example, you have, mm-hmm. they say, oh, you're feverish, you got this and that, you, you got the COVID. But then all of a sudden they start peeling back the layers. Is it, is it possible for them to peel back the layers and say, oh, no, it's not necessarily the COVID. You have COVID-like symptoms, but you are, you got diarrhea. Yeah, it depends well, on the antibodies that they find. Yeah. There's the, you've got the antibodies issue, but you've also got, you know, what they understand about what causes the disease, you know, what the symptoms are with the disease. So that's where things get a little bit tougher uh, because you have so much data spread out around the world, it's not conglomerated. Right. What, we all, what we're understanding is just what's within um, our particular area the United States and maybe other countries that are sharing information with us. So what they've seen is there have been cases where people's organs are hemorrhaging. Like they're literally, their organs are failing and bleeding and falling apart because of this disease. But then the question is, is, is that something that's actually consistent with the disease or is that something that, you know, somebody else had? And, Basically, the only way that you're ever going to find something like that out is time and experience. Right. The more it happens, it becomes the average. Yeah. So, for example, you know, one of the things that they've realized is, is that for a, for a significant group of people, they lose their sense of taste, for example. Right. Now, I would die if I couldn't taste tacos. Personally. I'm already dead thinking about it. I don't want I to think about it. I no. know, right? No. But, uh, but basically you know, just understanding some of what those symptoms are, you know, helps us understand. It's like, okay, uh, this number, this percentage of the population is going to have, oh, 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 we see, we see a face. <laughs> I do. I see Miss Debbie. What, you know, some percentage of the population is going to experience, you know, a, a certain set of symptoms. And they're, they're trying to build that and track that. You know, it, and find out what actually is related to the virus and what isn't. And unfortunately, it's just kind of one of those things where it's like you have to, you have to build through it. Right. Yeah. Welcome to Adam as a Beard. Adam as a Beard is sponsored by BohoSoul.com, the Refined Man Club, and Trail Skate Shop. Shout out to my fantastic sponsors. Shout out to Miss Devi. Miss Devi. Well, it should be Mrs., but you know what? In the in the shop, we call her Miss Debbie because she does my wig up right. I ask her to do my wig, and she's like, you want a what? You want a mullet? No. <laughs> <laughs> Only my husband can have a mullet. Give me the same <laughs> Cyrus. Is that what he said? Give me the Debbie billy? Because I don't need no man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. let's, oh, let's be I real. Me and a mullet would be terrifying. Would I'm, I'm actually excited about seeing you in a mullet. <laughs> Skull it. Terrified. Oh, damn. I find it amazing that you want to join in this conversation. You don't get to talk to him enough. You want to be here and hear more. No. I love no. that. That's love right there. That's love. How'd you two meet? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> uh oh. Yes. He hit a vein yeah. of gold. <laughs> oh, boy. Well. Someone made a mistake talking to me, and now they're stuck with me. I got you. Mm-hmm. We were teenagers. 
Mm, that was three years ago, wasn't it? Probably. Mm. I... Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Jeffrey looks like he's a teenager still. <laughs> no, I didn't have this much facial hair when I was a teenager. Is that the COVID beard, the quarantine beard? No, oh. no, no. This is like normal, like three weeks. Gotcha. Yeah. This, is, this is two days. <laughs> two days. Yeah. <laughs> I had to shave oh. mine because Adam has the beard, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Don't want to confuse us two because we look similar. My so beard is all Adam behind has, the microphone. So we've got Adam has a beard and Adam's beard. Got it. Adam's beard, Adam's beard yeah. is its own entity. It's got his own driver's license and green card. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. So, so is the beard like, like the rest of you or is it kind of like all the other voices in my head where it's like there's five other conversations going on and I'm not sure who's talking. The beard does what the beard wants. I do what I'm supposed to. (laughs) (laughs) But as I was saying, so going back to the whole COVID thing, you know, one of the things that we really looked at and why, you know, why this has become such an issue that it has is is that when we do testing, it's kind of like when you go looking for something, don't be surprised when you find it. Mm -hmm. that's kind of the whole point of doing the testing is we want to find it we want to isolate people but we also want to we also want to let people know hey you have the chance of getting someone you love very dearly sick enough to the point that they will die right please 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 stay away from that or somebody i love that's more important to me well and that's and that's really what it should be is is that do i like wearing a mask oh hell no those things suck but the idea that my actions would potentially kill someone because I don't like it. Like if I'm going to kill someone, it's going to be for good reason. Right. <laughs> it isn't oh, going to yeah. be because I don't want to just wear this thing that goes over my face for, you know, a little bit while I'm interacting with them. That's right. That's, that's the crazy part of this. I totally get it. Yeah. So, so for me, like making sure that, you know, I'm doing this for somebody else. Kind of, you know, it's a discussion that we've had time and time again. You know, treat others the way that they would like to be treated. You know, we, we kind of, we all probably grew up with the golden rule. Treat others the way you want to be treated. But really, you know, having learned from, you know, this Debbie over there, you know, treat others the way they would like to be treated. Because then what you're actually doing is you're focusing on them, not just yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's really all it boils down to is, is that it's about all these other people. I've got, we found out we have these next door neighbors, you know, uh, the, the guy, he's 91 years old. The dude is a mountaineer. He's summited uh, Rainier. He summited Mount St. Helens twice before it blew. Wow, yeah. Like there's a, such a wealth of information out there that we're about to lose. Yeah, Agreed. All because All because of old age and people who just don't want to, you know, put something over your face for a little bit. Just don the face panty. Guess what? They make nice face negligee now. I mean, you know, I got my LA, LA Dodgers stuff. I mean, you got custom. You could, you know, just put it on. Fuck. I like on. looking like a bad Sub Zero cosplay myself. There you go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm about More to get the, the ghost, the full ghost mask. I'm going to wear that. Do it. Ooh, there you go. Mm-hmm. I like it. Like from Scream? 
No, the ghost from uh, you know, the band Ghost. How they have the chrome. Mask. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I like mm-hmm. that. Here, I figured you'd get the Alex Terrible. Mm. I was also thinking about getting this right here. <laughs> I could totally see that. You know, have mm. you with a big old rooster right there stared at you, and then just get the danglies hanging off the bottom. Mm. That way, when you're talking with people and you want the conversation to end, just be like, "Yep, yep, yep." There you go. Yeah, you you gotta protect those that that wealth of knowledge, those people that you know. Mm. I mean, it's so it's it's crucial. You know, you don't really want those people to disappear. You don't want people to get sick. You know, I I don't. Right. It's such a such an interesting topic to go through. You know, and and how to disrespect people, how people get just disrespected. You know, like like today, what happened? Uh, dude got a gun. This is the irony. Kenneth Washington, shout out! I know you're listening. You son of a saint. Happy birthday, Mrs. Washington. Anyways, uh, he was telling me that a man with a mask pulled a gun on a man not wearing a mask. What do you think about that? All right. There's a couple (laughs) of different things here. From the legal perspective. You can. We'll start with the... We'll start with the, the non-legal perspective, other than, you know, that dude not wearing a mask is being an asshole mm-hmm. if he's trying to get in someone's space. Um, but from there, so fun fact, different states are enforcing mask, mask laws differently. Now, the best and most interesting one that I've seen here is what Kentucky is doing where if you are known to be positive and you go out and break quarantine and you're not wearing a mask, they are actually charging people under bioterrorism laws. Wow. Wow. Okay. okay. I mean, that's, so I think there was that's one, ex- I, I think there was two cases that have been brought for bioterrorism uh, based on that. Ms. And Debbie. personally, I think that's incredible. Ms. Debbie. did anything come of it? Yep. That's my question is like, yeah, you can charge somebody with whatever the fuck you want, but is anybody actually going to get prosecuted for that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What is, you think, you think that's extreme? Do you think it's fair? I I think bioterrorism is, is, might be taking it a little bit too far, but in the current pandemic situation that we have, uh, that's almost what it is. Is if you're you're well aware of the risk, you've been informed that this can kill the people around you if you're spreading it. Then that is as close to bioterrorism as any normal person can get. Mm. Um, I think it's a little extreme to charge people with that. Um, I do think that in Washington State uh, they should be charging with people or people with misdemeanors like they said they would Um, but in order to do that we need participation of the police and the police are choosing not to participate in that and flagrantly telling people that they're not going to arrest people and not they're not going to charge anybody with a misdemeanor they're not going to enforce the governor's mandates they're not going to do right you see them standing up all over the place which in the current political climate i think is a incredibly odd uh yeah speaking of you know prosecuting under the laws that you feel like prosecuting under um why are some protesters getting arrested and why are some not so what do you think the what do you think the probability of them uh charging with bioterrorism there jeffrey what do you think 
What's the probability well, of them getting? So they they've been charged. They've been charged with it. So the probability is one hundred percent. It's already been charged. Mm-hmm. Um, the question is is whether or not um, the case is going to move forward, mm-hmm. and with it being highly political, there's a greater chance that it's going to be reduced. Um, because, like Debbie said, bi- I, bioterrorism charges might actually be a bit extreme in this case. Right. Um, but at the same time, you know. One of the things that I've told people is, is that when it comes to looking at COVID as a study of what the future could look like, let's say that COVID, you know, because there was a great conspiracy theory, and we'll jump into some of the ideas behind conspiracy theories later, but, but there was a great conspiracy theory that COVID was, was from a weaponized lab, and so it was actually weaponized and right. this, that, and the other. Well, that, that quickly died out as, you know, the heads of heads of the army were like, nah, it's, we can't find anything that says it's weaponized. But if it were weaponized, what would you expect to see? That's what and I'm asking. The, what, would, the, what would make it weaponized? So, so, so before we get into what would make it weaponized, the response to a potential biological attack should be what you would be seeing, what you should be seeing now. We don't know what it is. We don't know what it, what it can do. We don't know how fast it can spread. So you want to quarantine quickly. You want to test thoroughly. And you want to make sure that you don't overwhelm what resources you have. Basically, COVID was bioattack 101 on easy mode. Mm. And we failed it. <laughs> I think, we, I think oh, we nailed it. What are you talking about? We're winning most cases. We're winning. Yeah, ninety ninety nine percent. High score. Yeah, skin. I I just think it's funny because Florida here, it's the opposite. The governor's like, don't wear a mask, and every mayor's like, you better wear a mask. (laughs) But right, yeah. But that's but so that's the interesting thing about it is is that had we had gone with the narrative that this was a Chinese attack. How many of those people do you think would have been like, I will volunteer to serve my country and stay home? Right. None. Because if if we actually had an enemy in this scenario, there would be people lining up to be like, I will, I will do my part because it is for my country. But when you're like, no, 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 it wasn't anybody else. You know, we just don't want people to get sick and die. It's, you know, just do it for the people next door to you. They're like, no. Well, there's a, total lack of empathy involved and i think that having empathy is something that you learn from the people around you and you you see a lot of cases now where people are saying oh i didn't know this was bad and now i have it and i i regret like what i was saying this is terrible and these people are dying. And, you know, if you have empathy, you read that and you're like, ooh, well, you, I mean, everybody yeah. told you. Logic you told, and empathy yeah. are not the same. They're not there. Yeah, they're not I think, there. I think just yeah. rationally, it's, it's, you, can, you can think about yourself and learn a lesson from others, or you can wait until it affects you and then deal with it that way. I well, like, I like to learn from others. Florida and Texas and Arizona. Yeah is people are learning now firsthand where where their ignorance has led them. And what I find problematic is that a lot of liberal people that I have seen um, and know 
are now saying, well, serves you right. Like you made your bed. Now you lie in it. And it, yeah. empathy needs to go both ways. We need yep. to understand, hey, yeah. you know what? This still sucks for these people. For the because, doctors, for the nurses, they're liberals yeah. too. You know? Absolutely. <laughs> well, and saying that somebody deserves to die because they were ignorant right. and lacked empathy is not acceptable. Uh, and there's a big like emotional and moral conundrum there where people are like, well, I mean, but they put me in danger and they were willing to put me in danger. And it's like, okay, that doesn't make it right. You know, right. no, if they just didn't okay think for about Hitler it to do way. it doesn't mean it was right. You know, well, it was Hitler had a plan. Laws. Hitler had a right. plan. The ignorant people here didn't have that plan. They just didn't think about it that way. I well, I think. That, that the problem is that we did have a plan and the CDC recommendations and the World Health Organizations were there, they were choosing to ignore that plan uh, mm -hmm. because it didn't align with their personal moral beliefs or their, their personal, uh, political beliefs because political beliefs. now uh, yep. COVID is political, which is absurd. Even the governor of Montana came out and said, wear your mask you can't politicize a disease right and besides covid registered as independent yeah last i checked <laughs> i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to have a voter fraud investigation actually, on I, COVID. actually isn't isn't it the communist didn't it have to register as a communist party when it came in our covid <laughs> our mm -hmm. in but, usa covid rule you yeah. I mean, I have, but, I have helicopters flying over all the time because they're transferring people from Miami up to Tallahassee. Oh, in, Phoenix, in Phoenix, um, they're requesting refrigerator trucks because right. the morgues are at capacity. Yeah, that's insane. Like, you know, and, and, that's where, and that's where this whole idea of empathy really needs to take hold because, I you know, what I, told, what I told someone is, you know, it's like, you know, you don't know the number of the toll that it's taken on how many people. You don't know that number. And I said... Well, I can think of 135,000 people who aren't going to be sitting around the Thanksgiving dinner table. Right. Who are going to be missing birthdays and anniversaries. How many stockings are going to be put up, you know, over the fireplace that, you know, are nothing more than a memento now. Right. And, and it shouldn't take that to trigger a little bit of empathy in you to be like, well, okay, that sounds terrible. Well, yes, it is terrible. It is. Now, it's like there's already a number of people who are going to die from, you know, diseases as it is. It shouldn't, ha we shouldn't have to see it go above and beyond, like in the data we were talking about. And that's, and that's really the issue is, is that, is the, oh, well, these people were going to die anyways. Right. Yeah, well, we're all going to die anyways, but, you know, when it's like, if we're going to say that about COVID, then let's say that about cancer too. And I can think of a couple of family members who would probably punch your lights out because their five-year-old died from leukemia. Right. Saying, oh, yep. well, they're going to die anyways. That's, that's a cop-out for, I don't want to do it. You can't make it. Right. Yeah. Do you think that the, uh, I'm sorry, Miss Debbie, do you think that the lack of empathy comes from the lying ass bullshit media that we have to endure day in, day out, who feed us quarter truths if at all any any fraction or slivers of the truth so here we all are who are like oh no we're woke americans we don't see this i don't believe in any of that i don't think in any, any of that's true so do you think that the media had a, a large factor into swaying us to be unempathetic 
I think the media, in combination with our current um, commander-in-chief, and a, a lack of education. I, I think that our generation yep. was not, was either taught empathy or you were not taught empathy. You were either, well, you know, bootstraps, man up, you know, that kind of thing. I think especially it, as um, a patriarchal society, we have not been taught as a whole to look at somebody else's situation and say, mm, that's really hard. How would you feel if it's, it's more of a me, this is about me. This is about uh, like, <clears throat> I come first before anybody else mentality. And that starts when you're a child. Um, I do think that the media has something to do with that um, because we've been inundated with images of death and uh, of, disaster for and war for a long time and that's normal it's it's normal to, to sign up to die for your country in yep. the united states and it's actually like you're considered a hero it's hyper masculine i i believe the military is important but i also think that the um machismo is uh overwhelming it is that's um, <laughs> something that we talked about uh with our friend Melissa, who talked about this toxic masculinity that's always overpowering yeah. the rational brain of most guys. I mean, I think that, mm -hmm. you know, some of us need to take a <laughs> step back and, and, and believe and believe it. I, I thoroughly believe it because of the way I was raised, I was raised, mm -hmm. you know, real strict, real, um, the man was the, the man was the rule of the house. Mm -hmm. Very quickly did I see that that was false information. Yes. My madre, mi madre, she does her little sign. My madre, she is the center of my universe. Yes. She will fuck you up. I'm not even going <laughs> to lie. And she is fantastic. And then I quickly yeah. learned that, oh, no, oh, no, it's, you have to respect the rules of the mom. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. she very quickly taught us, you know, hey, you got to, you got to, you can't be like your dad. You can't do that. You, you mm -hmm. can, sure, you can respect your father. Sure, you can look up to him, but you have to learn, you know, kindness. You have to mm -hmm. learn empathy you have to learn put your brothers and because as the oldest i was like you know put your put your brothers before everybody else and then of course my dad you know started franchises in different states and then we have my you know my sisters and uh, brothers and this and that so now it's like you know you got to learn these things yeah and i and, and, and i think that if you are brought up with those values it brings you up into you know you can look at this toxic masculinity and say hey guess what you know yeah, that's not the right way to be. No, maybe right. I should change some shit, you know? And, it's and a, I would, oh, a, a matter of you change or you perpetuate. And right. the unfortunate thing is it's so much easier to perpetuate than it is to change. Mm -hmm. uh, your brain doesn't like change. It likes routine. It mm -hmm. likes consistency. Um, psychologically speaking, you want things to be easy. Um, you create neural pathways through experience and repetitive behavior and unlearning those things is incredibly difficult for everybody. And Very you have so. to give yourself grace. Um, and Agreed. for me, grace is allowing yourself to look at your mistakes and instead of feeling shame for them, you feel like you learned something. Every mistake teaches you something. 
Every mistake teaches you something. If you're I'll not be... learning from your mistakes, you're going to repeat them. Period. Or learn from Theodore others. Roosevelt. Theodore Roosevelt. Oh. The best thing you can do is the right thing. The next best thing you can do is the wrong thing because you'll learn something. The worst mm -hmm. thing you can do is nothing. Right. Damn. And that's and that's really what it boils down to is is that you either you either learn you, or you get it right. And mm -hmm. you know, if you're not capable of doing that, then what you end up doing is nothing. And then you run into what's the definition of insanity, doing the same thing and getting the same result, but expecting a different. Mm -hmm. So in that empathy, I think part of, you know, building into that, you know, one of the things that we're, you know, we've been constantly taught and talked about, I mean, I grew up with it living in Montana, was this idea of individual liberty. And I'm still very much a huge proponent of individual liberty. It's just Me that- too. It's just that I don't look at it through the same lens as a lot of those people do. You know, individual liberty to me is, is that I still absolutely have all of these rights to make my own choices, learn my own information, and act in a way that is a accordance. But the difference is, is I take it a step further and I look at those around me and say, you know, would my actions you know, like the whole concept of, you know, I have the right to swing my fist until I hit the other person's nose. You know, does that swinging of the fist, whatever it is I'm doing, land on somebody else's nose? And the answer with, when it comes to this, to COVID is, is that if you're not wearing a mask, yes, you are swinging your fist with the potential of hitting somebody else in the nose. Yeah, blindly. Yep. I agree. I agree. And, and that's... I think okay. what people don't realize about COVID is not just that people die from it, but the conversation needs to steer more towards um, the fact that there are potentially lifelong consequences, health consequences for people that are debilitating. Yes. Debilitating. Yep. And that is going to be far worse for the economy than... Mm-hmm having some shutdowns and rolling things back and does it yeah. suck? Yeah. But like it sucks the most for the people who have the least. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so what we need to be considering is not, well, we, we need to open, we need to open. Okay. So we need to open. Yes. To help the people who have the least. So what we need to do is create some sort of reform for big business for billionaires for the the powers of government and people and how to balance these things we need to have that conversation of like okay well now we're going to have a lot more people with disability yep not just dead because dead people are not as dead people don't collect on... disability <laughs> right well, exactly. <laughs> there's a lot of fraudsters out there <laughs> Well, I think there's a lot of Washington state <laughs> <laughs> and you can't even get life insurance. If you've had COVID, you can't get life you insurance. Can. It's exactly. a pre-existing condition. And that's yeah. just, that's horrible for the future. Yeah. Well, and insurance companies don't even cover COVID right now. Right. When, why would when, they? When why would they? It's new. There's nothing that we know. So when are we going to have a conversation about that? Yeah. Um, when, when are we going to know? what the 
potential consequences are. Do we know if we get it? Okay, everybody keeps talking about we need to get a vaccination. We need to get a vaccination. Okay, great. But like, how often are you going to have to get that vaccination? What we understand is that the antibodies for this are going away in months, like just a few months. Two to three months. Yeah. Two to three. So so now we're going to have to get a quarterly vaccination. What about the people who can't afford to do that? Yeah. And guess where those people work? Meatpacking plants. They're your retailer. They're your store cashier, your store stalker. Your school custodian. Your barber. Your barber. barber. (laughs) Your teachers. Your teachers. Your Your teachers. They're They're not Jeff Bezos. Like, no, hmm. nobody. And it's anyway. a, this society is a big giant, it's almost like a big giant slap in the face because you have all these people who are making these kind of money and, and it's all about just them. You know, they don't, mm-hmm. they don't think about the little people. They don't think about the janitor working at their multi-million dollar, billion dollar company. No. That's, they can't afford that. It's, you know how what much I mean? money can you put in your investor's Jeff, pocket? Jeff, Be- Jeff, Bezos made, work for you. Jeff Bezos made $600 billion this year. He's on track to be the world's first trillionaire. Right. Trillionaire. From COVID. You can never spend billions of dollars, let alone, I can't even imagine as one person. That's after his wife took half. It's Mm. unfathomable. Like Mm. people cannot actually calculate that kind of money in their head. You can't think in terms of trillions. Your brain Mm. just kind of fritzes out. Like, I don't know, maybe Stephen Hawking could have. But I can't. Mm-hmm. My brain goes, that is impossible. That's an impossible number. And just imagine what it, what, and just imagine what 500 looks like when you're broke and barely getting by. But right. like with our multi-trillion dollar bailout for the normal person of $1,200 a piece, like, mm-hmm. so you're telling me that Jeff Bezos's money could have stimulated every person in the United States? Yep. yep. That kind of money, that's absurd. That yeah. kind of money should be, you know what? It's like, I wish I was that, that big because we'd all, you, us four right here would have matching mohawks. And like, mm. fucking awesome. <laughs> and I do want to say one thing at this point. If you had voted for Bernie Sanders, we would all have health care right now. If, if uh, it didn't get blocked in the senate or you know that's that's one of those things that i love to that's one of those things that i love is is that you know when you know people were really you know people were really excited for bernie and that you know we were going to have democratic Mm -hmm. socialism instantly and i was like you clearly don't understand the right or the left and how they are not going to go for that that's and that's and that's the that's the democratic party not 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 the further left that's just the democrats the left is on board democrats are center right anyway they're democrats now at least the democrats we have in office are more right than they are left and Mm. that's Mm. the unfortunate thing is like we're slowly like eking towards this right extreme right so the more the democrats give up because they have to appease republicans the less democratic they become now of course, like there was that whole party switch post uh, slavery that mm-hmm. happened, and that's a whole argument that's been on the internet. Is like, oh, but the Democrats wanted slaves. Okay, well, you know that's a whole other conversation. 
But the problem is our bipartisan system doesn't work. It hasn't worked. And we need Mm -hmm. to reform this system Totally. before an election year. We need to have this conversation all year. I have this conversation with my friends, but my friends aren't fucking politicians. And that's, and that's the reality is, is that, you know, Adam and I kind of talked about this, you know, our governmental system has always been a two party system since its inception. We've had federalists and anti-federalists, federalists and Whigs, Whigs and Democrats, Democrats Mm -hmm. and Republicans, you know, with like an occasional third party, but they were really more just, you know, just slightly unhappy with Mm -hmm. the way a particular party was. But when you look at other governments around the world, you have a center party, you have a progressive party, you have a libertarian party, you have a workers party, you have a green party, you have a social Christian Democrat party. I'm looking at proportional. It's proportional representation. Yes. It's, but it goes beyond that with all of those parties, whoever gets the majority vote now gets to form a coalition with all of those other parties. So their entire their entire system is already based on compromise that, okay, well, I don't necessarily agree with that, but in order to get you on board, so that way we can get some greater things done for the whole of the people, I'm willing to accept this particular piece. I'm not willing to accept this particular piece. The idea is, is that, you know, you can at least get a conglomeration of different types of thinking together to actually compromise and build things. And that's, I think that's one of the things that has been hugely lost probably since H.W. Bush, to Agreed. be perfectly honest. Right. Well, I would go to like, Reagan, actually. I, 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 I would say go. he's on the verge there, too, you know, but definitely. I mean, vice president, at president, at least, same thing. Right. I would, I would definitely say that at the time of H.W. Bush, from the no new taxes stuff that right. he said, from that point on, you know, it started to become, you know, an us versus them. You know, and Debbie made this fantastic point. uh, It was, you know, about the whole 95% of, of, you know, any particular issue. Like we agree on 95% of an issue. It's just the last 5% that gets so politicized. Yes. On the edges. It's it's the, the, the 5% that we can't agree on is really just how you're wording things. Like, um, what was in Utah, they eradicated homelessness because they created it as a fiscally conservative issue. We're going to save money if we house the homeless. And it became a Republican issue instead of a socialist Democrat issue. And so those people wanted to vote on that. It's really the, the biggest thing is um, how you knit your words together. Yeah. It's how you sell it. It's absolutely, it's all marketing. But nobody cares. They don't have to sell it if they're the majority and they just try and cram it in down somebody's throat, you know? Yep. Yep. And that's and that's the greater problem. I think what we've forgotten is that politicians are supposed to be working for the people and what the people want instead of their own self interest. And we've come to a place where our president is doing things only in his self interest. He's pardoning his cronies. He is going to Mar-a-Lago. He's getting 45-day extensions on his uh, fiscal. Yeah. Uh, um, Words are hard. I worked all day. (laughs) And we're in the same boat. We can't have 
a nation that works together when our president doesn't work for the nation. Right. 100%. And how did and this then, executive it, order come about that he just gets to be a king and sign a piece of paper and suddenly it's a law? I just don't understand. <sighs> it, it wasn't always like that, right? No, oh. and, and that traces back to Clinton, to be perfectly honest. Mm. I mean, it? I, I mean, it goes, it, goes back, it goes back pretty far. Reagan, Reagan, I think Reagan started, well, I don't know who exactly started with the executive orders, but yeah. with each consecutive pre uh, presidency, the number of executive orders being issued have built and built and built. Yeah. To me, that's a greater problem because I don't care if it's the Republicans or the Democrats. If it's not oh. something that's passing Congress or by referendum of the people, right. no one person should be putting this stuff out there. It's exactly. That, I don't. I don't give a. I don't give a fuck who does it. If it's left, right, far left, far right, down the center, it doesn't yeah. matter. One person. One person should not have that kind of power. Right. In a, that's in how a the it's That's how the DACA kids got yeah. in the situation. Is because Obama said we'll save you, and then the next guy said, well, we're not now. You know. Exactly. It's, it's not a mandate by the people. Right. So now, yeah. so now it's just the parties undoing what the party before did for four years. Right. And then if they're in for exactly. another four years, them. Yep. rather than, no. rather than actually putting it to the people and actually doing the right thing. Now, why, why is it that we only have two parties? Why is it that it's always sure we have, you know, we have the, no, we don't have that. America the, loves a binary. It's true. Yeah. They like it like simple. It. Keep it simple, you, stupid, you, right? Yeah. It's, it's black and white. Are you gay or straight? Like, mm. erasure of the in-between. The gray. It's, you're, you're either neurotypical or you're autistic. There's obviously nothing in between. You're right. one or the other. And there is no such thing as one or the other. When you put opposite poles you know, yep. uh, together on a magnet, they stick. When you put the same pole, they fight each other, right? But like, mm -hmm. you're, you can't have it without a spectrum. There's, n there's more it's a going on there. Everything I love that analogy, by the cyclical. way. I do. I just, uh, I, I think that we don't get anything accomplished. You know, we always get this. Yeah. You know, uh, Jason mentioned this, actually, as a matter mm -hmm. of fact, that's where I learned this from. Um, you get one house, the, let's just say Republicans, put something out and the Democrats or is it the other way around that they put something out and the other one wants to fight with the other one because they filibuster. Tacos. You know what I mean? If only there were tacos. Seriously. I like that. I miss the taco trucks on every corner hashtag. I just like taco trucks period. So dude, I got a taco body. Cause we're talking about food now. My body is built for tacos. Same, dude. This and house. I'm trying, I'm trying to get once this this whole bullshit settles down. I'm trying to get that man right next to me, Jason, to come up here to get a shave, shave, shower, cook for the guy, Ooh. to take him around to see him, uh, so he could see some uh some of the na uh I don't want to say natives because that's kind of. I just want to go to your mom's house. Native American. I want her, co I want her cooking for me. I want my mom to cook for you. I want you to get a yeah. shave. I want you to come over here and get your ass slapped. Nice. I mean, <laughs> so what's the best kind of taco then? Oh, fucking kind. The kind that you get shoved right down your gullet. The kind that's in my mouth? The kind that I cook for you. 
Well, I was telling Adam tacos. that I liked the tongue tacos I had, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't eat them all the time. I love fish tacos, yeah. but only from a certain place. But right. is there one meat that's consistent? Like, if you don't know the place and you're walking in and you're like, give me the steak. Carnitas. Steak. Carnitas. The steak. It, it's, it's very easy to fuck up a steak taco. It's very difficult to, well. Yeah, like give me the El Pastor, you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, you, you go with that. Go with that staple. I mean, people like that. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't like El Pastor. I don't know why. Mm. But the, ah, oh, carnitas tacos, they're that good. Carnitas, yeah. carnitas, if I make them for you, dude, I guarantee you, guess what? You throw your panties at me. Love it. You got it. Adam. I'll wear a second pair. Oh, at you any day. Oh, I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, I I just like I'm so frustrated with the system. You I know, mean, going back to the, the political. Of course, system, I, it's so frustrating because now we got you know everybody's battling for the the, the seat of power. Fear Insley who might be taken, who might be toppled. His regime might come to an end. You know, dude, do something for the people. I want the next guy to come in there and say, hey, you know what? We're looking out for the people, the people, the people. You think the next guy's going to do that? I the mean, next Jeff, Jeffrey, and, that. Jeffrey and Debbie just pretty much told you that is not going to happen. It's not <laughs> going to happen. Well, think about it. Think about when, when do we start talking about the Libertarian Party? Usually about a couple of months before the election. That's, you know, you look at what, what the Republicans and the Democrats are doing. They've been, they've been building up on this for, you know, a year and a half before right. this before it's even a discussion and the reality is is that if there's ever going to be a third party fourth party or fifth party it's going to have to start in a way that's a response to the current system and start building itself now right because otherwise you know it, it can't just be a discussion that we shelve you know and four years later we pull it back down and be like oh yeah why don't we do we keep doing that and we yep. keep getting here. We we need to do reform before an election year, years before. Like right, we need but... to talk about it now. We need to make a decision in a year and during the next election, we need to do that. Now, I don't know if it's in Ireland or Scotland or but they have this voting system that I found really interesting. And I'm I would check out the podcast more perfect. Um, by Jad Albumrad, they, but um, my understanding of it is essentially you have five or six people who are running for office and they allow you to vote by first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth choice. Approval voting. Yes. Yes. We just yes. learned about that not too long ago. We just Incredible. learned about that on, on Adam Has a Beard. We learned about that. Incredible. Mm-hmm. Why don't we do this? Why don't Why? we? Why? You should look into the Center for Election Sciences. Mm. That's what they're working on. And they have a chapter in Washington, and they just opened one in Texas. That's really great ideas. They do proportional voting. You can vote for everybody you want. What was that guy's name that came on? Aaron Hamlin? Was it that came onto the podcast? We talked to him for for a hot second. It was at the end of the Lauren Culp interview. Yes. So I love what you're saying, Debbie. Go on. Absolutely. the, The thing about it is it's, in America, we love our sports. And the reason I loved this is because they televise it and they talk about it like sports, right? It's like almost like a draft right. for political office, which I also think we should have a draft for teachers. But that's besides the point. Um, wow. Yep. If we created this draft-like sporting event-like thing, it would make people more invested because 
you can choose multiple people. So out of right. those multiple people, if you get one or two, great. Yeah. You win. Yeah. Right? It's yes. it's almost like um fantasy football or something. I love that. Right? Mm-hmm. We just need that for politics. Fantasy island. I relate everything that. to fantasy football. I think I my friends, I, I put my friends, my friends in categories like you're my quarterback, you know, my mm. sister, That's you're awesome. my quarterback. You know what I mean? <laughs> Sometimes mm-hmm. I got friends and like Adam yeah. here, the tight end. I'm just like, oh, Ooh, Adam has a tight end. Oh, wait, Adam has a tight end. end. <laughs> <laughs> well, hold my legs. I got you. <laughs> wait, what? But <laughs> well, mm. <laughs> we should. And I think, I think the problem is, is that, and I say this all the time, we're all divided into those groups you said, the autistic, the handicapped, the black, the, the Native American. But if we're all American, and if we just realize that, that we are the party, <laughs> we, yep. could, we could enact change if we all just got together and talked like we're doing here instead mm-hmm. of CNN telling us what to think about and Fox right. News telling us what to think about. We know yep. what to think about. We just need to hear more about it than 30 seconds of bad news, right? 100%. Well, it's, well, I, I, I just feel like it's normalized propaganda. It's it's like, yes. This is what we yes. want you to believe. We're yes. telling you our twist on this. Everybody has their own news thing that they like to watch or read, yeah. or and that's the only reliable news. That's right. I'm appalled mm-hmm. by people who believe in Fox but you, know, you know who says Trump more than Fox? CNN and MSNBC, they say yep. the name Trump twice as much as Fox. Who's mm-hmm. promoting Trump then? Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, are you, are you getting like dividends every time you say that? Like, right. what's going on? Well, it, 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 it like, boils back to it's like, <laughs> well, it boils back to it's, it's all about, it's all about what, what, you know, kind of like uh, the logical fallacy I was telling Adam about earlier. It's, it's appeal to emotion. Yep. And if you know who you're trying to appeal to, when you say those words, all of a sudden you get this rabid dog response. So like, right. you know, on the, on the Fox News circuit, you talk about Trump, you get these people that are rabid patriots and they're mega gear. But when you go to like CNN and MSNBC, you get these rabid leftists right. that hate Trump. And blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's, the problem is, 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 you know, when you look at news, when you look at media, it's it's not just the quality of it it's the quantity of it too because you know if you think about it 24-hour news cycle started in 1980 with cnn's advent yes and and then everybody tried to race to fill up that space and when kuwait happened they were on yeah and that's and that's and that's what regular regularized it but then it got to the point where it's like you you know, it's not about the news anymore because mm-hmm. if it were just about the news, then none of this would actually really matter because right. we would all be seeing uh, the same stuff. We would be seeing the same fact check stuff. Yeah. And we would, we would all be, you know, enjoying everything that, you know, or at least learning about what actually yeah. is taking place. 95% problem, of it is opinion. You facts know? don't but, sell though. But that, that facts don't sell. No, they and don't. on top of that, you know, you can't just repeat the the one fact that you have for 24 hours. Right. Oh, come on, that'd be so fun. But they're trying. But if you think about it, though, you know, you look at the era that like my, my mom grew up in, and probably you know your parents did. You had you had the AM news, you had the yep. evening news, and you had the nightly news, and that right. was just it. You had three times, or you got, and then you got the paper. Like, yep. so you had all of this time. You mm-hmm. had all of this time to get your facts straight. You had right. all of this time because back then a retraction was a major thing. 
Ooh, right. if you had to print a retraction, you screwed up royally. Oh, and now it's just, yeah. yeah. I mean, you look at you look at all of these news anchors that have lost credibility. Like Dan Rather was Dan Rather was at the top of his game. He said some stuff that wasn't true. Now you know he has been ostracized from the community. Right. Yep. Brian Williams from NBC after he yeah. took over for Tom Brokaw. But he said he said he was in a place that he wasn't, and it got proven, and then he got ostracized. Yeah, but now it's not news; it's opinion. Mm-hmm. You and you hear that constantly on the news right. now. It's I, not if I remember, news. It's it's information that's been filtered through somebody's yeah. personal ideals. And if I remember right, Fox News is actually not actually re- well. I don't think it's actually registered as a news corp. I believe they actually are registered as an entertainment company. If I remember right, I am it's not Fox entertained. Yeah. Mm. I'm not. But entertained. here's the thing: I want like, my money back. Doesn't matter. Who I don't owns, like who owns all of it. The same guy, Rupert Murdoch. Rob, right? Yeah, Rupert yeah. Murdoch owns, <laughs> so, owns that. So does it matter what side of the aisle you're on if one guy is giving you the information in two different ways? Right. That's the problem. Why don't we make the news start doing bake sales and fundraisers? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and that gets into that the whole you know the idea that you know you've had all of these small little pop up news organizations who are dedicated to exposing the truth for the right. liberal or the conservative. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, okay, like Adam sent me a, an article today and it was, you know, it's uh, very sensationalist. It's like BLM organizer arrested on pedo charges. And I'm going, okay, let's, let's actually boil this down. Yeah. So how do you do, so do you look people, at it? How do we Everyone do hates a pedophile. But okay. and, 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 and that's, and so you look at it is, it's like, okay, what are the actual kernels of truth within this article exactly that's what i was that's the only reason it caught my attention i was like what the fuck is happening here are they trying to roast him for being a blm and then throwing shit on top of him and okay when, if, if, if it's bad to be a pedophile why do we have the president that we have right mm. is he a pedophile mm. uh 13 and 14 counts as children Hmm. But here's so so here's the thing is is that when you start looking at those kernels of truth, it's like you look at the news and the news shows dude got arrested because he was found with pedo content on his phone. But where the article and the actual news start to differ is is that the article's like he chucked his phone and he was trying to get away, but the actual news says he was arrested without incident. And that's what's really so there's so there's so there's the first lie in this supposed organization that's dedicated to finding the truth. Yep. And now they call him a, he's a BLM organizer. So now the question is, is why, why is the BLM organizer thing important in this? Because right. that in and of itself is a red herring. Yep. So there's your second logical fallacy. You, so you have your appeal to emotion, logical fallacy, number one, and then you have your red herring, which is number two. So if you're trying to say that BLM is a bad organization, how do you do that? Well, if you say that, well, Black Lives Matter is just bad, that makes you sound like a racist. Yep. But if it's, there's a pedo involved, well, nobody likes a pedo. So pedo equals bad. Pedo plus BLM equals bad. Therefore, BLM equals bad. But then when you actually dig down into it, the place where he got arrested is a town of 816 people. And he had a Facebook event that was called Skate Against Hate. I mean, literally, like... Like it might have had some BLM relation, maybe, but really it was kind of more like, 
hey, y'all, you want to get together and go skate against the cops because fuck those guys? Ooh, fuck him. I mean, there's probably like five people that showed up, and you're like BLM organizer? It's, I mean, it's a correlation versus causation issue. Exactly. There is like, okay, he could be a bad person and also do good things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That happens a lot um, in the world. You can be a fucking monster and hide that very well yep. yeah. in doing a lot of good things. Black Lives Matter is a good thing. Black lives do fucking matter, and that's the bare minimum that we should be saying. Yep. But there are going to be bad people in every sector of the world. You can't correlate those. As... Well, that's like the big push right now is, is whether or not uh, Black Lives Matter is a Marxist organization. Oh, for fuck's sake. It's not an organization. It's, it's also not <laughs> Marxist. Like how, like, I guess, I guess, I guess you could say it's Marxist because when they say our lives matter too, I, I no. Apparently like, if you're anti-fascist, you're also a terrorist. So uh, it, where's, there is no logic left. There is only angry people with their feelings hurt. That don't want to, don't want to understand the enough to empathize. No, exactly. If I understand, I'll have to empathize and I'll have to give a shit. I just don't want to know because I want to hate you. It's easier. And then, and then my friends will judge me. Least resistance. It's hate. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't have to do anything if I hate you. If I like you, I gotta help you. Exactly. It's like and then the have to worry about my friends. Like, well, uh, marriage between a man and a woman, and it's like, "Mm, you know, um, it's not. I like a goat. <laughs> if you don't want to have gay sex, Adam, don't have gay bad. sex. But you shouldn't be telling other people they can't do that because you don't uh, like it. That's right. Especially if it doesn't affect you. Exactly. Yeah, your, exactly. Your morals don't get to dictate what other people have as human rights. That's right. That's, and human that's the funny beings, thing about the whole you, liberty. You can't, you can't give somebody equal rights. You can only take them away. Right. Yes. Yes. I saw yes. something the other day that said if you've never had anybody legislating something about your race or sex or gender, or body, uh, right. you don't get to talk right now. Right. Mm. I just, I, I have problems with that because, I mean, I find myself, I'm very attracted to people. I love people. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I say sometimes, like, when I, I remember when I was first injured, I was just like, fuck, I hate people. I just couldn't be, I can't be around large groups of people anymore. I used to play music and I loved it, but I loved it. And now I don't, and now I do again. And I'm like, cool. But I love people. And I find myself very attracted to people with, with intelligence, people who are not afraid to say, hey, you know what? I like this and I like that. And, you know, uh, well, I disagree with that. And I don't find people saying to the, it, it, any anymore i don't find i don't find people saying this at all i don't find them saying i disagree with it but i respect you mm-hmm. i always find that you know what fuck you man you believe that eat shit well i guess there's, I'm a, going. there's a subset of things where it's like you know we we genuinely cannot disagree on them we can't agree that nazis are okay <laughs> i mean Ooh. that's that no. we kind of we kind of went to europe and fought a war about this Punching Nazis is kind of an American tradition. Mm. Yeah. Well, have you ever watched the Blues Brothers? Fuck yeah. <laughs> I hate Glorious Nazis. Like <laughs> Indiana Jones, you also dislike Nazis. Right. I love Indiana you Jones. Know, I never saw the Blue Brothers, Blues Brothers, though. 
that's a so. classic right there. That's a good yeah. one. I did. I also don't like Dan Led Aykroyd? Zeppelin. Yeah. Yeah, Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi. I also yeah. don't like Led Zeppelin, so I'm very sorry. I <laughs> hate Freebird. I would. Uh, Leonard Skinner. The Bee Gees are the shit. What are you no, talking about? No, Leonard Skinner. <laughs> oh, I love the Bee Gees, bro. Oh, man, the Bee Gees are so good. <laughs> uh, yeah, they sang that Black <laughs> Mountain Dog and I think Stairway to Heaven. Okay, go ahead. I like what you were saying is that, like, you're people are like, well, if you're disagreeing, they get angry now. 100%. Right. Especially now. Like, how dare you? But scientifically speaking, if you're attacking attacking somebody's moral ideals, if you're attacking something that they feel is core to them as a human being, they can't change their mind. So the only response that a human being has, psychologically speaking, is anger, fear, so anger is a product of another emotion, right? So sure. you get you get fear and you feel like you're being attacked. So your fight or flight response kicks in yeah. because it's, it's you. You, you don't think... believe in abortion. So obviously, like, it's not okay that you're trying to convince me that it should be okay for other people. So you get angry. So do you think you normal this. people would rationalize it though and do like the five steps where they do the anger, denial, rationality? type of thing no like they, normal no. people in the good old no. days you know I, you have to be taught that mm, that's a shame that's something that you learn like your mm. your body responds to things in very significant and very interesting ways unless you were taught how to take in some information think about it for a second mm-hmm. come to terms judge whether or not that some that thing that somebody is saying to you is relevant to your life or not you know like it takes a long time to do that so mm-hmm. your, your first and initial instant response is to be angry right and when we're babies people, we cry <laughs> right you you mm-hmm. uh, when people disagree with you now still cry. you're stupid or you're you're a baby i had somebody i told them they, they were being selfish because they didn't want to wear a mask in yep. florida two months ago and they're like, well, I'm not sick, so it doesn't matter. I'm like, you don't know if you're sick. You're yeah. protecting other people. And you don't know and if I'm sick. And, <laughs> and, I, mm, and, and I was like, no. um, they're like, well, I'm healthy, so it shouldn't matter. I'm like, okay, you're lacking empathy. You're being selfish. Mm-hmm. Of yeah. course. And yeah. I didn't attack them. I was like, hey, this is selfish, and here's why. Yeah. And they said, well, you're a baby because you're a Democrat, and you want to wear a mask. And I was like... <laughs> I, first of all, I'm none of those things. I'm a grown-ass adult human being with logical thinking skills and yeah. the ability to form my own opinions that don't have to... And then she would just say, Trump 2020! And I was like, oh my God. Oh first my of gosh, all, how yeah. are you a woman that can vote for Donald Trump? Second of all, exactly. like, what it's... in your mind makes me a baby when I'm being empathetic towards other people's position? I'm you're being looking rational. at them and saying, I don't know what your illnesses are i don't know what your family's illnesses are i don't know who you're exposing after you come into contact with me i'm not sick currently that i'm aware of right but i wear a mask every fucking day at work for every minute of the day unless i'm eating or drinking Mm. something and if i need to take a break i go outside and take it off Uh, around my coworkers, i keep that on my face all day my acne is broken out it's uncomfortable it kind of feels a little bit like 
having low end anxiety all day long. All your body, day. your body response to that like mask sucking in on your face constantly yep. is like, oh panic, oh panic. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I deal with that because deep inside of my body, I know I'm not dying, and I know that I'm protecting other people because. The worst thing for me is not getting sick and dying. The worst right. th- thing for me is killing somebody else because I was careless. Yeah. But yeah. I'm a baby. You're you know, a Democrat. Your response, I'm a fucking be- Democrat baby. You know. Well, my, my favorite is always now is like oh when I start when I start talking about that stuff it's like oh well that's just Democrat logic and you're a Biden supporter and I just my yeah. first response is. Well, fuck no. them too. I don't agree with them either. Right. And then all of a sudden, hard. you just like see them start short circuiting because it goes back to that binary. I'm not <laughs> right. a Republican and I'm not a Democrat. Then yeah. what am I? Right. Exactly. That's what I say. It depends on the issue. I hate borders. Get rid of the borders. Right. Let me keep my guns. You know. <laughs> yeah. Don't touch my fucking guns. Legalize marijuana and leave my damn firearms alone. Please. Right. Wait. Yeah, but what I've, about those who I'm... can't? Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm a, a queer gender non-conforming human being that believes that you should be able to have your guns you should have an abortion i don't personally believe that abortion is good but it's not my fucking problem if you have one not your place place. to tell sally she can't have one right Right, exactly and like i'm not gonna say no you can't get your boobs done even though i don't think it's like a great idea for your body either but like for your body yeah, it's yours. It's you. You, you make these decisions. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm on the non-binary spectrum in almost every fashion. And it that. cracks me up when people insist that it's one or the other. You're a Democrat or you're a Republican. Yeah. So many people assume that I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm all about Biden because I you know, think this thing. And I'm like, you don't know me. We're having a conversation on the internet where you can hide behind your insults. Yeah. That's cool. Um, you don't know anything about that, but like, there's no binary there. The binary just is like really fascinating to me, yeah. especially mm-hmm. as somebody who looks very feminine and works at a barbershop where mostly men come in. And uh, I, I, on a regular basis, I, like giggle a little bit on the assumptions that people make based off of right. what parents they, what they hear and what they oh, see yeah. and not they don't ever ask mm. so why don't we ever ask you know they're like, scared right they are, they are yeah, 100% yeah right. but then there's there's that thing it's like well no my mama's daddy and grandpappy who put the the thing in my thing said that this is the right way right guess what it's not the fucking right way the right way is just be a fucking human what did jackie moon say jason what did jackie moon say everybody love everybody everybody love everybody that quote sponsored by bohosoul.com the refined man and trail skate shop see we missed them in the last few shows we had to get them in more (laughs) (laughs) well so you get back that whole that whole like that binary thing and this is I, I I don't understand how how it's possible that we can't think of the fact that there's something else out there beyond that. Like right. like it, it's not normal to think beyond a binary. Right, Jeffrey. Yep. I 
I don't know where exactly you're going with this, but I need to ask you something with Ooh. this whole respect of binary and how we are thinking. Do you think it's because we are artists that we think outside the box, think outside binary, black and white? I mean, I for personally myself, you know, believe in so much more than and then the religion, I, I, I believe in spirituality, I believe in witchcraft, I believe in, I, I live in the gray, I've been told I live in the gray, when I meditate, mm -hmm. I'm, in, I'm in the gray, my spectrum is there, it's not black, it's not white, I'm fucking square in the middle. Do you think it's because we're artists, do you think it's because we think outside the box, do you think we're far more creative? Could it be the beer? Could it be the <laughs> weed we smoked? Could it have been... Why do you think that? That it resonates so much with us? I think I think there's a couple of different things. I, number one, there is so going towards the science end of things, there is actually some explanation to it, and it's uh, it has to do with cognitive function. In that, some people genuinely lack the cognitive function to see outside of themselves in a what if. It just it it is something that exists. Um, uh, and X's dad was like that. Like he didn't, he could not process a what if scenario. He legitimately, like you could give him a what if scenario that was completely benign and he couldn't process it. Hmm. And that's when I learned that it was actually a cognitive thing. But number two, it goes back to things that were taught, you know, growing up in a Catholic family, we were always taught about, you know, how you care for others, like you would care for yourself. It was very much a focus in our family that it didn't matter who you were, you treated everybody, you always looked outwardly to treat people. And that was, that was very important. I think as we grow and we start to express ourselves more and understand that and you know, learn from life experiences and start to actually look at other people, maybe not even necessarily get to know them, but look at, everybody else is surrounding and say to yourself, damn, that could have been me or that was me. Yes. Mm, yes. You know, how many people do you know? Like, for example, this is, this is my, my biggest talking point ever is when it comes to depression and suicide, you know, how many people do you know that are absolutely hilarious, fun to be around? They're the best people, you know, and then they're gone. You know, we've seen that. Too. Chester Bennington was one of them. Love you, Anthony Bourdain. Yep. Anthony Alex Parker. Bourdain. Alex yeah. Parker, my man. The guy could light up a room, you know, lived with him for four years. You know, the number of jokes, the dancing, the fun that we had, and two years later, he'd be gone. Mm. Mm. And that was, and, and, I, and I struggled with that for a long time because that was me. I was also there struggling. I tried and failed, luckily, you know, going back to my mom being tough as nails. And when I started to see other people struggling with that, you know, and I had gotten better, the question became, you know, how do I actually take what I have learned about myself and help others? Mm. And I made it a point to start speaking out about it every chance I got, you know, you, this life is too short. You lose too many good people. And yep. you, there are people out there that think they're a physical and emotional burden to people that they love. And the answer is, is you might think that, and I guarantee you that the people that would see you go 
want you to be an emotional burden. Yes. Because they want you around. And I've seen the pain of that loss. I've seen how it has affected, you know, me, my friends, you know, my sister saw everything from my end and she knew my friend Alex. And it was years after the fact where she, she walked into a store where he used to work and ended up having to leave. And she just broke down crying because she got used to seeing his face there and realized that could have been me. And she would go through losing a couple more people after that. Yeah. There, it's a rough thing. And you know, it's, you know, we always, you know, it goes back to that, you know, we're taught, you know, you have to pick yourself up by your own bootstraps. But the reality is, is that that's part of it. You, you do have to want to get better. Absolutely. And there are a lot of people that feel like they don't have any fight in them because they feel like they don't have anybody around them. Right. But when you have people around you and you do have some fight left, you can get better and it's going to take time and it's yeah. going to, it's going to hurt. There's yeah. going to be a lot of things that you're going to tackle that come up from your past and things you have to deal with in your present there. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to slip and fall backwards every so often, but I guarantee you it's, it's, you know, two steps forward and one step back and every single time you get through it just a little bit further. Yeah. You know, I just want to but say that's like, all of life. one of my, one of my favorite people in the world, I'm not going to use her name, but I met her about 10 minutes, 10 months after she attempted suicide. And she's, she's just amazing. She's an amazing person. She's, she's a light. She's one of my best friends. And I'm so happy that, that she failed. And I just, I love her. You know what I mean? And I'm so happy that I'm so happy that she's still around. And that's why I've told people, it's like, look, if you need someone to drive you to your first therapy appointment or help check you into rehab, or even if it's just, I need someone to come sit on the couch and watch a shitty movie with right. me and make fun of it for the night. Yeah. Or just you know, listen to me rant for, for a night, a day or two. Just let me yeah. get it off my chest. I think that's a big thing is like, I, as, as the female presenting human in this chat here, <laughs> you all weren't taught how to do that. Like you don't have sessions with the girls that where you got the bitch about shit. You, you were man up like walk it off i remember my yeah. dad as a, he was he coaches baseball i love my dad uh but he would always tell my brother walk it off walk it off and they would give me ice packs and you know like same injury different end result and i was always confused as to why and uh, you see the result of that now and especially mm-hmm. i think in the u.s is like this mentality of like oh you do it yourself and you get over it and like why the fuck are you sad about this and all that you're not taught how to process your feelings. If we, were meant all... to, if we were meant to do everything by ourselves, there'd be one person on the planet. Yep. Right. Yeah. Well, or we wouldn't be social creatures. We wouldn't right. need to be touched. I mean, a human being needs seven non-sexual touches per day to feel as if they're thriving emotionally. Mm. And mm. like, that's why I love what I do. It's so powerful because I'm touching people and I'm not afraid of it. I'm like, hey, buddy, you know. Yeah. Like, um, but the i feel like the opposite of like a, a person like you're saying adam it's like our, we are artists and we have feelings and we have intelligence and we get depressed right the mm-hmm. opposite of that is a sociopath and a sociopath can't feel empathy right and it's a, a 
not just cognitive, like Jeffrey was saying, but it's physically and mentally impossible for they that. can mimic it they can mimic mimic absolutely but they, they, Brilliant. Don't, they don't get it they and don't feel it no right. they, they can't they can't feel it and i know a lot of people like that and i think that the statistic is that it's like one in four or one in six people has is sociopathic in some mm. form that's a lot of people. Are and they built that way, or does it just happen? I mean, born is it, that way. Is it just why is that way? way? It's you it's kind of like it's kind of like being gay. You it's you're mm -hmm. you're just wired that way. Yeah. It ain't it ain't like you just like suddenly go one day. I chose. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just well, that, mean like if you beat a kid until you know from birth till five years old, does he suddenly go? I just don't give a fuck, you know? <laughs> or does it just come out that way? I think he, so. There's this whole idea of nature versus nurture, right? Mm -hmm. like nature is what we're talking about. The nurture part is um, in it, what they're trying to figure out with like serial killers, like Jeffrey Dahmer. Right. Like how many head injuries you need to get before you start murdering people, like Aaron Hernandez. Um, but there's like a hardwire in people so um you're hardwired to have certain emotions there's you, you'll hear stories of parents who are like my child was always this way and they will never get better right. they are mm -hmm. on track to being a serial killer and i can see this in my child mm -hmm. they have no feelings about things they have no ability to empathize and yeah. when you have when you're in a situation with a child like that you just at some point just feel like giving up and you give up right parents give up on those gotcha. people mm -hmm. the opposite you know like what you're saying is uh well how many times does the kid have to be get beaten before they turn into a sociopath well just till they no, give up just, just till they give up right nobody exactly. cared about me why should why should i care about other people nobody saved Fernandez. Me. why should i save right them? right mm -hmm. and i mm -hmm. think that um those people end up so you, you see the difference in children who were abused as kids, right? They, mm -hmm. or they turn into adults and they either abuse people or they do the opposite of that. And they're incredibly gentle and soft and sweet. Yeah, and right. I think the yeah. difference there is if they're hardwired to be able to be that way. Right. Um, and I see. Okay. So you yeah. harden somebody to a certain point and you put them through a lot of really bad situations, yeah, they can become a criminal or whatever, but they can still feel guilt. So they can come back. I think so. Yeah. I think with, so. I think with the right partner, the right with therapy. Yeah. With the right the right tool. Yeah. The right yeah. Right. It's it's that Love. whole reprogramming thing that I was talking about earlier is like the change in your brain, rerouting neural pathways. Right. Yes. But some people cannot do that. And I think Donald Trump mm -hmm. is one of them. Definitely. Um, but I, I would uh, say most politicians in a lot of cases, politicians and CEOs, um, high up people essentially are m like a hundred percent more likely to be actually sociopaths, male and female, <laughs> male and female, mm -hmm. and look at, like, alien Warnos. alien mm -hmm. Warnos did not have to murder those people, mm -hmm. but she did because she felt mm -hmm. like it. Yeah. 
And so to get back to the artist standpoint, I think, you know, knowing all of that now and coming back to as artists, mm. I think what, what you're seeing there is, is that because we have a way to express it is we understand that ability to express. It's, it's not about a lack of expression. It's that we understand how to express. And that, that comes from just time and experience and mm. using different methods of expression because, mm. because, you know, you look at, you look at the way Debbie expresses themselves through their art versus the way I express myself through mine. You know, you have all of these glorious paintings and images and I express mine in the most demonic sounds and tackle yep. things very differently, yep. but I'm still very, very much in tune and in touch with the things that are around me. Mm-hmm. And it's just how we happen to express those things because of our understandings of all of those things. I love the binary yeah. choice he gave you though, by the way, that artists have to be rigid or not rigid. <laughs> Cause I, I'm, I I'm thinking to myself, I can, can think of 10 different things that Adam will not budge on. You know what I mean? So you can be rigid on Mm -hmm. certain things, just like a Republican can be rigid on other Mm -hmm. things. They just don't match. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Well, and I think that like nobody's monolithic. No, no, no one culture, no one group Mm -hmm. of people is monolithic. There's seven billion people on the planet, and Mm -hmm. they're all individually different, and that's hard for the brain to recognize. But it's the truth. (laughs) And if you don't, if you don't like tacos, fuck you. Well, and one of the things I like my burritos, bro. (laughs) That was like living in Phoenix. You know, Mm. I ended up living in a place where you know it's mostly Hispanic, and I never felt I never felt like I was in any sort of danger or threat. And in fact, you know, when I when I started really looking at it, it was like they acted like my large white Catholic family. Mm. You know, say you know different people, but a lot of the same mannerisms, you know, family was very important, very, you know, very centered around that, especially food events. Food events were a very big thing, especially as a Catholic. Yeah. Right. (laughs) And, and I felt, I felt like I had more in common with the Hispanic neighbors that were right around me and the people that I met there than I did with most of the white people, you know, in a conservative state, coming from a conservative state. That's how I, I've always I had felt. more in, mm-hmm. I had more in common with those people because they grew up, they grew up very similar to the way I did. Right. I, but the difference is, is that I know that they had a world view far different because of the way that they were treated where they were. Yeah. And that- which, which was absolutely crazy to me, you know, growing up in a family where I've got black cousins, I've got Mexican cousins, I've got Native American cousins, I've got Korean cousins, I've got Hmm. Japanese cousins, you know, I was very much taught love thy neighbor, doesn't matter who it was. Right. And when I started looking at how we were similar, not, I, I, you know, start looking at how you're similar. Yeah, let's start with the basics. What does everybody want? They want, you know, they want a roof over their head. They want yep. food to eat. They want a sense of safety and stability. They want, you know, people that they care about near yep. them. Mm-hmm. And that right there pretty much encompasses about 99.999% of people. Right. Yeah. You know, what's funny is that like people and a banana, we have 99. Like ninety five, ninety nine point five percent of the same DNA is a banana, but yet people were violent. We're 
drastically different than each other. You know, I just don't understand. Amazing that. what that point five does. Right. right? Well, I think <laughs> what what makes us interesting is difference. And yeah, like why yep. is being different so bad? Yep. I yep. just don't understand that. I don't either. I don't get it. Okay. Or you know, you know like I, I think that's more beautiful than being the same. Yes, man. You know, There's like, something beautiful about symmetry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you look at you look at some of the things that are around us. It's like you know, celebrate intelligence, celebrate people yeah. who, you know, just because you're intelligent, that doesn't mean that you know that's the only thing you should look for. You it know, doesn't make you better. Right. No, it makes you an expert on one or two things. <laughs> but somewhere on the world, there's somebody smarter than you on that topic Absolutely. and more. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and, you know, and, and even if you're not on that end of, you know, the high intelligence, if you've got body and heart and you can put your, you know, put yourself to work in doing certain things and that's what you find. Like, mm-hmm. I love my kid's sister, for example, and she tried to go to school. She wanted to get an education. You know, it just didn't work out for her. She now uh, is the manager uh, of a store for a paint company because her thing is paint. She nice. loves paint. And there's, and, and she's, a, she's still a very smart kid, you know, but her love happens to be around serving others and paint. It just, mm-hmm. there was this thing that worked wonders for her. That's so cool. And there's absolutely yeah. nothing wrong with that. No, that's beautiful. If your joy, if your joy is working in a grocery store because yeah. you get to, you know, you get to be that person that helps everybody, you know, put that food on their table yeah. by stocking the shelves, yeah. by getting them checked out and making sure they're, you know, or being the person that gives them their curbside delivery. You know, that's great. Isn't that you cool, know, having that peace, knowing that you're doing something you love and just having You want to know what true chaos is? Imagine, imagine if suddenly you were to go to the grocery store and there was nobody there stocking the shelves. <laughs> now I, imagine I, what I, that I would look like after saying. a week. Right. I guess what you're saying with all this, and it's all very like, oh yeah, their joy and their work. Why is the human valuation based off of whether or not they can be productive? What what what's beautiful about an unproductive member of society? Purpose Why, is the meaning of life. But is it? I think it is. I don't think that work or your your value oh. within a capitalist society is what makes you valuable. Well, it I might would, not I be your purpose, on. though. That's that's where that I would but say that's where that is. But you can't survive within a society like ours without a valuation purpose. Yeah, you're not a contributing so, member of society. What about those people? Yeah. You know, what well, if your what if your passion is writing and you never make it as a successful writer? What do you do then? You enjoy the time that you had writing crap. Unfortunately, but <laughs> unfortunately writing writing crap writing. doesn't pay the bills. But that's right. more of a purpose. You know, I don't think working yeah. is a purpose. You can't fulfill yourself with your job. I always ask people Right. I don't ask people, what do you do for a living? I ask them what they'd like to be doing for a living. Yes. What's your passion? What do you, what do you, what's your purpose? You know? Right. And I, and I, I find part. something problematic about that in that some people just can't get there. Whether it's because of their ability or disability, their age, mm-hmm. their sex, their gender, their amount of money that they're able to have. You know, I would love to do something completely other than what I currently do. I love my job and I love what I do and it's my passion, 
but I want to purpose. do other things, right? There's yeah. there's mm-hmm. more there, but I will never be able to get to that point because it is fiscally irresponsible. Yeah. And the other problem and there too so is that is for that... me is like really disheartening. Sorry, Jeff. Um, oh, you're, you're... It's really disheartening to not be able to do and reach that personal need mm-hmm. because of monetary restriction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how do you reconcile into, that? The problem we run into is, is that no matter what, no matter what we do or don't do, that product is always going to be valued by an individual. Yeah. Mm-hmm. or several individuals right. so it, it it wouldn't matter if it were if it were one great big system or a thousand small systems mm-hmm. there's always going to be an individual that puts some type of monetary value on you and what you do it so yeah. unfortunately yep. they're I never you know, definitive I I wish I could but even you know even if you look at some of the great you know the great fiction pieces out there there there's never a piece that's based on any somebody who does nothing and or can't contribute anything or doesn't contribute anything that you know others would consider meaningful or in the story at some point they contribute something and become the hero exactly right. and that's right. and that's the problem is is that it's the only reason that we look at those things the way that we do and why we're like, oh, yay, finally, they're hero stories because at some point yeah. they do something that someone else values. And until someone else values it, that's where you run into this problem. Okay. And you look, at, you look at, I would say, some of the historical context of that in, you know, I always like to go back to the Soviet Union, which was a great experiment in, you know, what what valuing another person looks like from a large um, uh, political right. a large political system goes and it is all ba- it was all based on what they needed at the time and you either did what was needed of you or you know get right. a trench or you went okay. to a gulag sure so i really value being able to go to the grocery store and eat food but my need to eat food does not pay the bills of the people that work at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. So we're placing value on things, but like how do we place value in a meaningful way where the people who should be compensated the most are? That's the biggest thing. It's like the the value to one person is different than the value to another person. So mm-hmm. not everybody values the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Obviously, because you get paid minimum wage to work there, yet they're essential, right? During this whole Mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. So that's my, that's what I'm trying to say is like valuation of your passion or your purpose is a little gross because, like, why do you have to provide a good or a service to be able to survive in society? I do this podcast because it makes me feel good, not because I don't think anybody right. on this panel is making money from this moment, but we're no. helping people and changing lives. Right, absolutely. Agreed. Agreed. Right. I but do this it's because also not our full time job. <laughs> also not our full time job. Right. And that's and that's really and that's really the unique problem is is that you know, because you you have to going back to empathy, now look at the people who cannot fulfill their purposes. 
and and unfortunately, you know, what ends up happening is, is we we still put a value on what what they're worth and what they're able to contribute. Yeah. You know, you look at somebody who's on permanent disability and that's me. What, what their value is. Yep. And that's and and that's the tough part is is that, you know, we put a value on life whether we want to admit it or not. And that value yeah. has either been well above and beyond what it's worth in some opinions or well right. under, right. you know, you look at it, what's, what's a, I think, a, at one point, I think in the last 10, 10 years or so, the value of your kid being killed in the military was like 50 grand or something mm. like that. Damn. So, so the value mm. of a human life was $50,000. Well, damn. In, to the in, compared to the government, the government says to it the is. government, not the and, world, not the family, mm -hmm. just the government. And, and then you look at studies that say, well, a person who's living and functioning within society, you know, produces something on the average of about three million dollars worth of work. I think uh, of worth is what I think it was throughout their life. Um, throughout their life. So, so is is the value is their value fifty thousand dollars? Is the three plus million dollars? Right. And and you have this disconnect of you know, who's valuing it though right. exactly because right. here's the thing like you know let's look at a teacher you know what can you teach a kid about what they could be doing you know whether they're a scientist or an artist or whether you know they struggle most of their life to try and figure out what it is they can or can't do unfortunately that valuation is always there and it's always going to be disputed by people who either want to lowball it or highball it. Right. Exactly. I read something today that said volunteers will not be paid, not because they're worthless, but because they're priceless. I like it. <laughs> they are priceless. Okay. They are. Right. Without them, stuff, again, stuff's going to be done. There's, there's good Winter Taco is going to be priceless. Oh, mm. I would go for some when tacos. You, when you come over. <laughs> you can't put tacos there. That's my bad. Yeah, I gotta so, tell you, so this, Debbie this is... value conversation hurt my head a little bit because I can't quite figure it out. <laughs> yeah. and I, I did my That's job. What I, love. I love being no, stuck. No, and and, and yeah. now imagine being married to to Debbie, where I'll you know like I what ask you saw here. stuff like this all the time. Those are the, my favorite friends. The, my favorite my friends hurts. are the ones that I was walking through the store with this girl and. I she's like, I'm not feeling good. I'm going to get some milk. And I was like, you know, milk causes mucus. If you're sick, she's like, who told you that shit? And I was like, my, <laughs> mo my mom did. And she's like, well, your mom was full of shit and so was mine. <laughs> Damn. And I was like, I love you. I was like, I love polar bears. She's like, polar bears are assholes. I was like, oh my God, why do you destroy everything I love? You know? <laughs> but I you love know, that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I love people that challenge me. And I love it does too. Yeah, that's why we started this. About it. Yeah. And that's the beautiful thing about it is it's like being, you know, being in the same house as Debbie and, and constantly being challenged. Right. Like, you know, you look at, you look at, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm challenged. I'm, I'm, I'm challenged. But you look at that and you kind of look back to your guys' conversation on fragile masculine masculinity. Right. Look at, you know, the, what was just presented and the you way that. Or toxic masculinity. Fragile, yeah, well, yes. Yes, yeah, fragile toxic masculinity. Fragile masculinity. 
Fragilinity. Fragilinity. I love it. Fragilinity. Uh, but you look at you look at that and the ability to be presented with alternative information that you might not have considered as part of your equation is important yeah. in any decision making. And whether whether you agree with it or not. That's right. What do we and say about coincidence, Sherlock? The universe is rarely so lazy. Everybody love everybody? <laughs> yep, Jackie Moon, baby. <laughs> so you look at you look at what you could do with all of that information. You can either change your calculus, or you could just be stubborn and say, "Well, that's not what I like," and just right. negate it. And and yeah. the problem is, is that you know, there's the facts don't care about your feelings. Well, if you don't take feelings in account to part of the facts. Okay. You can make all the logical, cold, hard, logical decisions you want and be right, but you might just be an asshole. Yeah. Yep. That's me. That's me. <laughs> That's, That's me. my problem. Is I, have a, I have a hard time That's me. remembering that people have feelings when I, do too. I speak to them. And I am brutal. I'm brutal and honest. And, and direct. And I'm like, oh, did that hurt? I'm really, I didn't mean it to sound like that. Yeah. Unless she says it to me, and then she's like, fuck you, I do what I want. Yeah, I don't people say that to me all the time. Do you understand that if that's hurtful? I give people advice, and they say, mm. I could never say it like that. And I was like, yeah, yeah. but my way, it's over in 30 seconds. Your well, way is over in a week. <laughs> and <laughs> and we're exactly. the same thing. Yeah. And George I, I don't Carlin. Have to, like, pretend like I understand what you're trying to tell me. Mm -hmm. Like, there's, what, what, what was it? There's, um ask people and guess people mm. there's this concept of ask people and guess people so i guess people yeah. will make you guess what they're trying to get at and yes. ask people will just straightforward be like can i have this right. um which i it, actually there's this really great book called the art of asking by amanda palmer who is an incredible musician um was a part of the dresden dolls and saw her in concert she's um she basically crowdfunds all of her albums and so just says, I need to make this thing. Here's how much money I make. Or I need a place to stay while I'm on tour. Who wants to offer me their couch? And mm -hmm. that's how she gets through it. And it's pretty incredible um, to just be straightforward and say, I need this from you. I need yeah. emotional support. I need you to hug me. I need you to blah, 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 whatever the fuck you need. But like, <laughs> be straightforward with each other. You know, like, I remember being told as a woman that like, sometimes when you say yes, you really mean no. And sometimes when you say no, you really mean yes. And I'm like, wait, what? But when I say yes, I mean yes. And then yeah. trying to figure out how to navigate that, like, it was really gross because that's the whole like rape culture thing. Yeah. But it's gross to think that like there's people out there who really don't understand that they're allowed to say yes and no. Like I was at the chiropractor a couple of days ago and she was like, would you like me to wear my mask while I adjust you? And I said, yes, please. And somebody else was like, well, I don't really care, you know? And I kept thinking maybe this person just doesn't know how to say yes right ask for what they need yeah. so when you're in a position of power like a doctor or the president you have to consider 
what that power does to other people. Yeah. And there's mm-hmm. this whole like power over mm-hmm. con- like problem that we live in a society where you have power over people. If you're a white straight man, you have power over people. If you are a white woman, you have power over somebody. Uh, I have power over people because I'm holding sharp things to their head all day and they don't want to argue with me. And sometimes you get like, I'll get a bad review every once in a while. And I'm like, I don't understand because they told me how much they loved it. Or, yeah. And maybe they just didn't realize that they also had power to say, I'm not really digging this. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really interesting. Uh, this idea of mm, power and asking. And, you can't ask. You don't have the assertive, you don't have the confidence to say, yeah, you know what? Fuck you. <laughs> whereas, whereas. Nobody's ever been given permission, maybe, you right. know? Like nobody has been taught that. Whereas depending, you know, depending on where, what position I'm in, I've always been straightforward with asking people. For me, it's, it's never been a question Mm -hmm. of whether or not I have the ability or, or power. It's, I've always just assumed that it was something I could do is just say, Hey, could you do X, Y, and Z? And it wasn't until that I learned about the, that, and it wasn't until I learned about ask and guest culture and all these other things. Mm -hmm. It's like, I have the ability to ask those things and have people say, yeah, you can do that. Or mm, no, not really. Right. And, yeah. and depending on your scenario, you know, for example, it, you know, people who, people who know me will be the first ones to say, yeah, no, you can't do that. I'm going to be like, eh, right. all right. But there's other people that will sit down and go, well, I guess, I guess you can do that. And it's like, is, is that a no? Because I know, right? Yeah. Because if you want to, it's up to it's you. The, you decide. What do you want for dinner? Problem, right? right? I don't care. Well, Taco. I wanted to make a restaurant. I wanted to make a restaurant call. Tacos every day. <laughs> right? Um, tacos. And we just need to do this Jeff, podcast Jeff out of Taco knows. Joint. Yeah. <laughs> this about me, right? Oh yes, please. Uh, all over my shirt. Um, mm. So Jeff knows this about me, and I am really bad at knowing what I want but I'm really good at knowing what I don't want. There you go. So I'll be, he'll be like, what do you want for dinner? I'm like, I don't know. And that's a bullshit lie. That is, I am full of baloney at that point. Right. And he's like, you well, know exactly what you want. Well, what if I made cheeseburgers? And I'm like, ugh. And uh, he's like, right. okay, well, what about, you want to have spaghetti? Well, we just had spaghetti. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about, and he's like, what do you really want? And I'm like, oh, German food. You know, <laughs> there you go. I used to but, give my wife three choices. I would be like, here's the three choices. Do you want any of those? Make up your own mind and let me know when you're ready. <laughs> somebody, yeah, I've tried that on the internet. Yeah, it Genius doesn't work, on the right? internet said, if so, take your girlfriend out for a date and make her guess where you're going to eat. And oh, there you the go. first thing that just she gonna guesses, say that. the first thing she guesses is where you go because that's, that's like if she's guessing. And she's excited. That first place is like, oh, this place. Right. That's where she wants to go. I like yep. that. I was like, I, oh, brilliant. I was we just going to say go that. to Ricardo's every time. Well, uh, but, no, right. But like, you know, if, if <laughs> instead of, you know, saying, what do you want to do for dinner? You said, <laughs> like, guess, what guess we're where we're going. For dinner. Right. I'd be like, ooh, this? <laughs> and you'd be like, that's right. That's it. But wait, there's more, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I find cycle. that 
interesting. I, f I find that in dating because I'm very direct with women and I'll be like, hey, I think I like you. And they're, they're, they hem and they haw and they don't know quite how to respond because I said it so quickly. <laughs> there are. You know? Then they don't know People how to say on no. All ends of that who are like that. I remember. But they don't know I how to say no, and they don't. And they, I think they think that people are going to get overly upset and mm. dramatic about these things, and mm. so I don't know. I don't know how to deal with mm. that. So I that... a while ago about telling somebody that you love them, mm. and no. the what I found really fascinating about this idea was. You can tell somebody you love them at any point in a relationship. Of course. Because what, it's, you love what you know about them. Yeah, what's the definition? Mm -hmm. And I don't know why people are so afraid of being liked or loved by somebody mm -hmm. new. Right. That means you're doing it right. Like yeah. you're relationshiping correctly, right? And I, like, and I think to myself, if I tell you that I like you and it's not meant to be, and I have feelings for you. That means you're a good friend. That means I think you're somebody worthy of being in my life. I just don't know where that fits yet, but I yeah. want to find yeah. out, you know, and other people are like, yeah. well, I guess if you like me, that means you want a solid forever relationship. And I'm not ready for that with you. And it's just like, I don't know where you fit, you know, maybe right. you're uh -huh. a stranger. Let's talk a little more, but they don't, they're not right. taking it that way. No. And yeah, I right. tell Adam all the time. I love him because right. I think love is, love for somebody but being in love with somebody is is different and yeah. there's different and I think that's layers how people to take it i think right. people are reading they're doing the guest culture thing where they're right. reading into what you're saying more than what you're actually saying but Especially that's because dating that's like, because of the average of the people they've met before me and so mm -hmm. if if they've gotten those reactions from 99 percent right. of the men it stands to reason that i might be one of those men too i've i've been in a place where somebody told me that and i was like you are being creepy af like we literally just met and i'm, right. I'm not so sure i'm not getting a good vibe or and that's know, fair like, right that's fair right. but like every other relationship i've been in i'm like you know what i really love you yeah. and don't take that the wrong way. Let me caveat this. You like, have to, right? Have you have to caveat it. But yeah, but like, why? That's I so love the person funny. you are. I right? love you, but I'm not in love with you. I'm, I have I'm to be fond really careful about that with clients. Like, oh, <laughs> like I want to hug a lot of people. I love hugging. Yeah. I'm a hugger. And I realize that so many people are uncomfortable with that. And they're like, whoa, you're too, too far. But right? I, it's also on the other end where I have, and especially in barbering, people will say, oh, I don't, I don't want a guy to do my shampoo. And right. then I'm like, but what are you thinking about when I'm doing it? Like, that's right. weird. That's uh, creepy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So do, no. you find, do you find that people consider non-binary a sexual aspect? Yes. That when you um, say I'm non-binary, they have to think, oh, you want to have sex with men and women? It, it, yeah so um it isn't being, but i just wondered yeah exactly being non-binary is a gender spectrum um right. but people are like but so what's in your pants and i'm like mm, hatred it's what's uh, in my head hate, right? hatred hatred <laughs> i love that <laughs> hatred for you right now uh -huh. I, just, I just spoke to a transgender girl and Mari my, Valverde. my co-host the last thing he asked was did you did you want the surgery? And she said, I hate this question. 
Mm. You want to know what's in my pants? You're going to have to get to yeah. know me. And it's I was none like, of your goddamn business. I was right? like, yeah. you are just yeah. awesome. I just wanted to give her a hug. You know, yeah. just the, the look that she gave, I was just so yeah. embarrassed. <laughs> but right? we learned we learn together. And hopefully people that listen to the show, Denton County yeah. Collective, learn too. Well, and that's that's the thing about it is like gender is performative. Gender mm-hmm. has nothing to do with your biological sex. Right. Um and your biological sex has nothing to do with your actual sex. So like your physical appearance, right? right. Has nothing to do with your biological sex in general. Um it is an indicator typically of what chromosomes you have, but that can also be incorrect because there's plenty of people who um have a mix of chromosomes that just don't make sense right you've got your x chromosome you got your y chromosome some people have xxy some people have multiple uteruses some people have multiple penises some people have neither um or both so or don't like what they do have they don't like or uh, not necessarily don't like but i would say don't relate don't relate to so in their brain, their body is wrong. Right. So your body is wrong to you. So it's mostly in here. Yeah. And Dan Savage always says your your biggest sex organ is your brain, right? Agreed. I mm-hmm. agree as well. And I don't think um, anybody is perfectly comfortable in their body. No. Um, but this is to to a point where they call it gender dysphoria, right? Where you're really it's it it's gross like this is not right this is not how my brain doesn't relate to this right so for me it's like i'm not in a place where i currently feel like having any surgery there's also no good surgery by the way to transition from female to male there's no good like you can get top surgery but there's no bottom surgery (laughs) so Hmm. to speak um that is functional really uh you can get like mechanisms that they also use for people who are impotent uh inserted in but it's basically like skin grafts from your leg and there's a lot of issues there um there's also a lot of issues with um the fact that like one in a thousand babies is born intersex or with ambiguous genitalia right so your genitalia does not indicate initially whether you're on the binary, where you're at on the binary. Um, so you end up, what ends up happening to those people is there are um, pediatric urologists that will correct your outer appearance with your parents' consent. Oh, I think wow. this is not acceptable. That's a um, little weird. You know, I mean, what, how are they going to weird. Do, like, how do it, you make a decision for your baby and it will absolutely affect Impact the force your, of lives yeah. your in your sexual function in the future now no parent looks at their baby and goes this is going to one day be a sexual creature but you should you or, or maybe they're not you know maybe they're never going to have sex maybe they'll be asexual great yeah. asexual grace but just because like you're that. uncomfortable with the fact that one day they're going to have sex and they're going to want to be able to feel things doesn't mean that you should be 
fucking chopping them up as babies. Yeah, no shit. Agreed. That's brutal. That's so mm-hmm. brutal. Which is why a lot of people now are coming around to this idea of like circumcision not being okay. But turns out, what was it? What was it you were telling me that it's yeah, not it it impacts the length and sensation. It can. Um, you can have a box circumcision. Um, they happen pretty regularly. Uh, uh, so what happens is that they take off too much skin, um, and it will impede your ability to become fully erect. It right. can cause pain, um, yes. which is it. It will cause all sorts of other issues, like uh, feeling inadequate um fear of having sex like this all of that can happen um uh, so you know everybody like does the whole oh no female genital mutilation is bad we know that's bad right how is it any different to do that to a boy than it is to a girl right right and the the argument is always well i want him to look like his dad i'm like how often do you think he's going to be looking at his dad's penis like a bit I mean, I don't know. My dad lost when I was three. I just, I thought that was something dads did with their kids, you know? Right. Just whip it out. Let's compare. Right. Right. Sword fight! Yay! Oh <laughs> <laughs> you you know, talk about the crossing of swords like Salvador Dali, but, you know. Uh, You're welcome. Tacos <laughs> first. Sword fight. Tacos later. and sword fights. <laughs> uh, yes. There's actually, you can get like an inflatable penis fighting game. Like, it's like you strap it on and it's inflatable and you hit each other. Done. I'll cook Done. dinner. You guys bring it over. Let's that do this. and a mashed potato wrestling would sound mm. amazing. Mm. I've done the mashed potato wrestling. Never the. I want a mashed potato. I just want mashed potatoes. Oh, I want a mashed potato amazing. wrestle Jason. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. <laughs> and Jeffrey. Get yeah, the gravy. About it. Sean too. <sighs> butter and gravy. Cover us okay. in butter and put us in the potatoes, bro. Oh. <laughs> so, you know... Uh, this is the part where I like to, I really, my favorite part, obviously music. We've been talking about food a lot. I want mm-hmm. to know, give me a band. Give me a band that you're absolutely recommending right now there, Jeffrey. And don't say Spirit Box, because I already said Spirit Box. God damn it. I know. You, you've been saying Spirit Box every single time, and, and it's great. Two weeks, um, two weeks in a row. The, I would say then one of the bands that I introduced you to is uh, Before I Turn. Yes! <laughs> Because uh, that Dang, man, that man is fire. Fucking BGs. <laughs> dude, that before I turn, dude, is so fucking wicked and so sweet. I mean, the breakdowns, the guitars, the drums, everything is about it is such a fucking monstrosity. It is not healthy. It is not right. But it feels so fucking good. You know, give me a song for these because I keep looking up these bands that you mentioned um, and then I'm picking the must be like the worst songs ever. <laughs> so and I only get 30 I seconds. Turn, um, for Before I Turn, the songs that you need to check out are Latent Perception. Got it. Um, uh, White Lady mm. and Murder. Love Is it. What Those about like Karen. Mm-hmm. Yes, we are on the same path yes. of process here. Yes, because yes. yes. fuck those white ladies. Kind of oh Jesus! They make white ladies like me look bad. Come on, mm. tacos will Oof. cure everything. That's- well, you would think there's some things that tacos can't cure. Want to bet? Said that you are what you eat. Why am I not 
Mexican food. <laughs> what I want. Okay, know. you got me. What <laughs> What do you got for music, Miss Debbie? Tell me what you What do you listen? I to? do not listen to what you all listen to. I, listen I don't to care. Shit. Um, I listen to I listen to Lady Gaga. I listen to uh, what's his name, Blake Shelton. I listen to um, Sarah Bareilles. What? Uh, Kishibashi is one of my favorites, but um, they're really different. There's theremin and violin and um, this is really beautiful. Um, Typhoon is uh, another one that I absolutely yes. love. Uh, hmm. Typhoon, The Lake is um, one of my favorite songs of theirs, or CPR. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let's see, what else? Uh, what else do I listen to? Really weird shit. Love it. Um, yeah, that's all I can really think of. Like, those, those are my top, one of my top two. Uh, Robin are... Castleton. Yeah. Like, I've met him a couple times. He's always a jerk to me, but I still love him. Um, he he's probably like, "Wow, just words, please." I'm like, "You're just oh, your uh, music, right?" He's he's a, a pretty incredible lyricist. It's a little bit on the poppier side, but he like watching him like live mix and sing is just incredible. Um, he's from Portland or not from Portland. He used to be in a different, like, he used to rap a little bit, um, but... Who hasn't? <laughs> I, I'm not really a rapper. I'm a I've painter. I've never been a rapper. <laughs> I've always been death metal mariachi. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, Lily Afshar is one of my favorite musicians. She does the classical guitar. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I love that. So, so food recommendations I want to recommend to you guys. Uh, there's a place in Centralia called La Tarasca or a place in Tacoma called Vuelve la Vida. You should go there. And if you don't, if you go there, you're going with me. Sean, okay. make the trek. Fair. We're going to go up to eat some Mexican food. Good. I'm always, I'm always down for Mexican food. Unless we, unless we can go to mom's house, which uh, mom's I would, been... Yeah, let's go there. That's funny. They just call it food at mom's house. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> hey, what they call it. Anyway, say, so, you know what? Adam Has a Beard is brought to you by, of course, the refined man that uh, you can locate in downtown Olympia. Get yourself a hot shave. Get yourself uh, some beard oil. Get a haircut. Lower your ears some. Trio boards, uh, skate shop. And, of course, uh, thebohosoul.com. Brought to you by Public Access America. Thank you, Jeffrey. Thank you, Miss Debbie. Jason, I love you, buddy. Sean, I love all you guys. I love, love all you guys. Love, love you. Love you. Uh, Thanks for having us. Hey. Love you, but I'm not in love with you. Got to clarify now. Ooh. Now I got to clarify. Cliffhanger. I like that. Coming up next on Adam and the Beard. Our conspiracies, conspiracies. What is Sean doing there? Not saying words. All this and more on the next.